Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to discuss and review the season six episode of Supergirl titled Blind Spots. And I am taking my time trying to find the... (laughs) Uh, but so we're going to talk about blind spots. Uh, but first, uh, before we do that, we need to catch up on the news. All right. So unfortunately, we have some sad news to start with uh, for this episode. According to TVLine.com, uh, quote, actor Willie Garson, known for playing Stanford on Sex and the City and Mozzie on White Collar, has died at the age of 57, reportedly after a battle with cancer. Garson's son, Nathan, confirmed the news on Instagram, saying, quote, I love you so much, Papa. Rest in peace. And I'm so glad you uh, you got to share all your adventures with me and were able to accomplish so much. I'm so proud of you, unquote. And uh, the article says Garson would often speak of his son in interviews. Uh, it also says a graduate of Yale's drama school, Garson had TV credits that spanned four decades, but he was best known for two memorable roles. Carrie's gay best friend, Stanford Blatch, on HBO's Sex and the City, a role he reprised in both Sex and the City movies, and Conman Mozzie on the USA crime caper White Collar, opposite Matt Bomer. Garson was slated to reply, reply, ooh, reprise price. <laughs> Reprise his role as Stanford on the upcoming Sex of the City revival, uh, and just like that, premiering this fall on HBO Max. Uh, TV Line said uh, that it reached out to HBO Max about the plans for Garson's character. And HBO Max, uh, HBO spokesperson said in a statement, quote, Willie Garson was in life as on screen, a devoted friend and a bright light for everyone in his universe. He created one of the most beloved characters from the HBO pantheon and was a member of our family for nearly 25 years. We are deeply saddened to learn of his passing and extend our sincere condolences to his family and loved ones, unquote. Uh, and then it goes on to say, no matter what project he was on, Willie was always a fan favorite. Uh, an NBC Universal spokesperson added in a statement, no mayor, nowhere was that more true than on White Collar, where he took the character of Mozzie, an outcast conspiracy theorist, uh, and made him lovable to the core. I would have loved him anyway, an outcast conspiracy theorist. That sounds right. <laughs> Actually, what he, his character on White Collar is amazing. I, I watched that show and enjoyed it. I think you would like it, too. It's it's. It's like fun. It's one of those USA shows, but it's very fun. Yeah, I would have enjoyed a conspiracy theorist. And I'm, my apologies if my audio was weird earlier. I did not check my audio settings. So Ooh. I'm 
magenta video camera and uh, not to correct uh, audio setting. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, it should be better now. Uh, the article goes on to say and it finishes off saying Garson's acting career started in the 1980s with appearances on Family Ties, Cheers and Mr. Belvedere and continued through the 90s with roles on Boy Meets World, The X-Files and NYPD Blue. He was a main cast member on the short-lived HBO series John from Cincinnati and later recurred on or later recurred as Jared or Gerard Hirsch on CBS's Hawaii Five-0, reprising the role in a 2019 episode of Magnum P.I. His most recent TV credits were episodes of Big Mouth and Supergirl that aired last year, unquote. And so that's why we are talking about Willie Garson uh, for this episode of Supergirl Radio, because he did appear on Supergirl. He he uh, he played Supergirl's or, or Cara Danvers' uh, biggest fan. He uh, he loved Cara Danvers' articles at CatCo. I think he was probably the only person who read her <laughs> articles. Uh, so he, he really loved all he had he read all of her one to two articles that she's done. <laughs> <laughs> so he he was really good on the show. And uh, so it's very, uh, very sad news. But we wanted to cover that here on Supergirl Radio um, because he had been part of the show and uh, he had a, a very extensive career. He had a lot of accomplishments uh, through his filmography and he seemed to have um, some pretty well-known characters that were uh, pretty beloved. So uh, I'm definitely going to have to check out his uh, Outcast Conspiracy Theorist. That's, that does sound interesting. Yeah, he was great on White Collar. I, I mean, I, I saw him originally on Sex in the City where he was great. Uh, but White Collar, I feel like, is like so such a fun show and his character is so like fun and like unique and really really out there and and funny and the way that he like um played off of Matt Bomer was also really great it's it's so sad because he yeah. was such a talented actor you'd see him pop up. I would always see him pop up and stuff because I knew him from Sex in the City and go like Sanford uh, <laughs> so, so he was definitely one of those like you know just like beloved character actors who would like pop up and just make something better just by like being in it so 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 sad very sad. Well, um, we just wanted to recognize his life and his accomplishments here on Supergirl Radio and just wanted to let everybody know that that had happened. Well, there's no good segue um, from that bit of news into a, another section. So I guess from here, we'll just go into talking about uh, the episode of Supergirl that aired this week. Uh, it was an episode titled Blind Spots, and here is the official description. Uh, it says, quote, Helly, Kelly is horrified when the Ormfeld building implodes, injuring many in the community, including Joey. However, her horror uh, quickly turns to frustration when she realizes that the hospital is overwhelmed, people are getting sicker, and no one is coming to help including Supergirl, who is busy fighting Nixley. Knowing that she can make a difference, Kelly embraces her power and fully steps into her role as Guardian. Joined by Supergirl Alex and Diggle, guest star David Ramsey and team, Guardian leads the way to restoring justice to the fallen community, unquote. Uh, so, Morgan, uh, I guess there was really, there were really only... I guess two storylines in this episode, like an A, would you say like I mean, an A and a B story? I mean, are we, are, are we forgetting the substantial Lena storyline in this episode <laughs> where she conjures some fire and then she's like, my friends, they need me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the Canadian Irish witch is like, please don't go. <laughs> and then she's like, no, I must away. And then she runs out of the cave and then she gets home and somehow the book has beat her there <laughs> in the mail. In the mail. So I, I can only, it only leads me to believe that A, it was either magic there or maybe the Canadian postal system 
is magic. <laughs> so I think I think we basically just covered Lena's storyline right there. I just think that's crack, crack that wide open. That's, that's that's basically all there was to that. We did get to see Lena um, practicing some magic, and uh, then getting a uh, a book in the mail of uh, I guess magical spells, uh, something like that. So uh, yeah, I guess that was the only other storyline that was going on in this episode. I, is that fair to say? Do you think really I only think two so, stories? Yeah. Okay, so I guess really the 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 big part to talk about for the episode is uh, Kelly becoming guardian and the stuff that was going on in the Heights. So uh, that's a lot to cover, Morgan. Uh, it so is. we'll just we'll just make it real. Even in the Google Doc, I basically just had <laughs> one question, and I was like, I, I I think that's really it. I think that covers it. So I, I also like that. So you attempted to make a second question. It just says, "What did you think about?" There's nothing else. Well, <laughs> what I did. I, you think about. Yes. <laughs> I did. I did have time to finish it, but really, there's nothing else to think about. There's, there's really nothing. I, it's funny because I feel like this Supergirl sometimes has the problem of like overloading episodes with like so many like storylines. It's like you get five seconds of Lena, like you know, doing magic, and then you get like you know somebody else doing something else, and and this one I felt like they focused all of it in and just told one like coherent full story like they didn't have to feel like they had to i mean they moved some of the the season storyline along but like they really focused in i i i I mean it's it's pretty late in the series now but i wish they would have done that like occasionally (laughs) (laughs) some other times like i feel like we've been asking for these kind of episodes like you know why don't you do one like that's like more focused on this or focused on that or a day in the life of like Kara and it was it was nice to get the you know the on the ground with Kelly I think I think that was a was a an interesting change because usually these story these episodes have like 25 storylines and you get like five seconds of screen time and you're like okay off to the next thing Nia's in the dream world and you're like yeah. Wait, what? what should we go back to her <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess it was a little bit of a departure from uh the the writing formula that's uh that's usually done on the show and it's also been part of a, a I would say maybe like a three episode arc yeah. Th- three or four I guess since it, since you came back, I think it's yeah. been kind of, well. I would say three episodes because I don't think Welcome Back, Carl was really part of that. So I, I, I would, so. I would they all blend it because I yeah. had to watch three in a row. So they've yeah. all become one episode to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's like, oh, imagine if you didn't just like drop things, uh, you know, randomly, and you just kind of stuck with it and told coherent storylines. Then when you got to like your your emotional payoff, like this episode, it really feels like, oh, yeah, like I, I really connect it to Kelly's journey, because like, they spread it out through separate episodes instead of like the way that they did it with poor James, which was like, my camera must become guardian. I was like, <laughs> what? How are those things even related? <laughs> So, um, so I guess just to put it out there, since there's a lot to talk about, Morgan, what do you want to talk about with this episode? Ooh, Is there's there... so I feel like there's so much since to I talk didn't about. Since, since I didn't write questions, I'm I'm gonna have you. <laughs> ask um, I feel like there's so much to talk about in this one. Um, I liked. I mean, I think the maybe we start with her guardian stuff, like her debut as guardian. I really liked it. I feel like they 
they have been building up to it organically. Like we already knew she was going to become guardian. Basically in another episode, she was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do this guardian. I think I'm going to do this crazy guardian thing. Mm -hmm. Give it a shot. And then we saw her training with Alex. So her, you know, combat skills didn't come out of nowhere. It's just like, yeah, James totally knows how to do this. (laughs) It's like, okay. Um, And I think, you know, her connection to the, the kids, uh, through her so through the social work job and then this whole story about the uh, Orenfeld and then all of that I think you know the way that they sort of layered it in was was really good and I hate to say I'm like not used to it but but like sometimes Supergirl just like plucks a story out of nowhere and then they just leave it and it, it felt like in some ways that this episode was kind of a critique of that kind of storytelling which is funny when you think about that Ozzy wrote it like she was like I'm tired of you know these storylines that just kind of drop off to nowhere like whatever happened to those people over there it's like well their house prices are terrible now uh, <laughs> but I, I thought it was a is an interesting perspective on like the people on the ground where like when Supergirl shoots off into the air and goes to you know save the day like what happens to those people on the ground and we got a little bit of it in season four when they did like the uh, the like Agent Liberty Day in the life, where they flashed back and it was just like his house getting pancaked every every May. Um, but I think like more of that, you know, living in National City has got to just be terrible. Uh, and I think I thought that it was you know really meaningful that they like got to the on the ground people and it was kind of like while you're you know up there fighting you know super villains and you know dragons and giant cats and stuff like that the people on the ground are you know have to rebuild and i thought that that was an interesting way to see it and it kind of made me the guardian thing i think for the most part made me a little sad at like a missed opportunity like the idea the way that they connected Kelly's guardian to like the community and like the on the ground and the way that they kind of presented it like, well, yes, Supergirl, you need to be up there fighting the, you know, super villains and the, you know, Kryptonians, Kryptonian witches and all of that. Like, well, I can't do that. But like, it would be good to have a ground level hero who can like really help address the problems of like the community and like make a difference down here. And wouldn't that have been great? season four season five to have her be like that representative on the ground who could tell supergirl like oh this thing is happening here or this is the thing that i heard like imagine if she was like the cool you know like driving around on her motorcycle at night like ooh, i just heard from my source over here that this guy means trouble like that would have been cool at this it, it would point, be really helpful if she had a, a team of Young maybe, children with newspapers who could who could go around and get her information for her. maybe a team that could get her news. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just pitching stuff out. But like, I just thought of like the missed opportunity of it because now we're it's the final season. We're in episode twelve. Like, no matter how great Guardian is from here on out, like it's not she's not getting a lot of time to shine. Apparently, this was like always the plan for the character for a long so, time. It sounded like yeah. For a long time. And so it makes me wonder, like, why did they wait so long to do this? Like, I understand establishing Kelly as a character. But last season, like, did you think, like, last season was, like, a great Kelly season? Like, that was the season Kelly really needed to shine, logging all those IT tickets. (laughs) Like, there was – her storyline last season was not – 
necessarily need it. Like the whole season, you take Kelly out, the whole season functions exactly the same almost. Like that, they should have started doing the Guardian stuff last season so that there was like some time for her to be like an on the ground superhero helping out Supergirl. That would have been really cool. Like it's, it just, it kind of struck me. Like I really enjoyed the episode. I really liked the way that they presented Kelly as a superhero. It just struck me as such a missed opportunity of like what it could have been. Yeah. Aaron says uh, they wanted to do it uh, in season five, but COVID, but I guess COVID uh, messed it up according to an interview. So, I don't buy that because COVID only messed up like their last <laughs> the three last episodes. yeah the last part of the season yeah and it's not like it's not like Kelly was really needed for all those IT tickets like the uh, the tenuous like connection between their like technology and like using it for like psychological like the psychological help was really only like barely tied into the season it didn't feel like it was it didn't really feel like uh it was barely even a thing that they were like, like committed to. So that could have been a season where they did this in the beginning, say in the somewhere in the beginning of season five. And then she would have had like a season and a half of being guardian and doing all this cool stuff. And instead it's like, it kind of feels like a bone that they're throwing her at the end of the season. Also, what was wrong with season six? There was a whole season. Melissa Benoist couldn't be in half of it. Like why not start, why not start this journey for Kelly? Like, in the first half of the season when they had to keep on thinking of excuses to like, you know, when Supergirl was in the Phantom Zone, what a perfect opportunity for there to be a new hero when Supergirl is not there. But they never even explored the fact that like Supergirl being in the Phantom Zone means that Supergirl's not in National City and that could be a problem. It was just like everybody was just like, oh, well, got to find Supergirl. It wasn't I like mean, you didn't see like... McGon, McGon's out there patrolling. So. That's... A, well, no one's no one's even brought her back. No one's even brought her in. No one's even said, Magan, listen, you can stop <laughs> patrolling. Poor Magan is still out there patrolling. <laughs> Justice for Magan. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of mixed about this episode. There, there were a lot of things that I really liked. I like Kelly as Guardian. I think that makes a lot of sense given, you know, her her connection to James and uh, the history and the legacy of that that they've put on the Olsen family. I like that they are honoring a lot of the uh, comic iterations of Guardian with the costume and the, the the sort of the newsboy legion with the uh, the the orphan kids in the foster home. I like that a lot. Um, and so I I'm I have no problem with Kelly being Guardian. I like the suit. I really love the shield. I think she looks great in it. I think she did a really good. I think Ozzy did a really good job of. Um, portraying not only just Guardian as the hero. I think at one point it sounded like she was trying to lower her voice a little bit, which I was like, <laughs> I don't know. That's well, that's not. maybe you could get a voice modulator. But you know, she she really sort of embraced being in the suit and uh, Kelly being in the hospital trying to get help for all those people. I really liked that. I really uh, really liked that she cared about all of those people. That stuff was all really good. Um, I even loved at the end when the, you know, Guardian inspires the little girls to pick up the trash can shield and say, oh, look at me. I'm Guardian. Like, I thought oh, all that, that was, was so cute. I love that, that moment. Th that was really cute. And I, I liked, um, you know, Dig Diggle being a mentor to her. Um, I don't know why it couldn't have been somebody else on the team. I guess they wanted to have somebody from outside do it. Um, I do like her being a hero on the ground. I think that makes a lot of sense. 
uh, because Supergirl can't be everywhere at once, as this episode highlighted. Um, so that makes sense to me, because, like, for example, in DC Comics, Batman protects Gotham City, but Catwoman you know, p- patrols and takes care of the East End section of Gotham City. So there, you know, there's there's parts of Gotham City that Batman can't protect. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. I also liked Kelly's suggestion that Orlando run for the city council. I thought that was a really good suggestion. Um, I like because, that. Yeah, because he you know, he does have a passion for those people and what's going on there. And I think he would be a good fit on the city council. Um, so I think that was really cool. I saw, I liked some of the shots that David Ramsey uh, went with. There was a, a, what I would call like a God shot or like a bird's eye view of the, the people, like the hospital patients down on the ground. And it's like guardians perspective, looking down on them. Like, I really love that. I thought that was really a nice shot. Some of the stuff with guardian on the, the building sort of looking over, like, I thought that was really cool. So there were a lot of things that I liked about this episode, but I did have some issues with it. And I, I is is that okay to talk about? I I think so. It's okay. What we're here for what's what we're I doing mean, this lime stream for. I mean, well, I, hate, I just called it a lime stream. <laughs> it could be a lime stream if it we could, really wanted. It could. <laughs> just get out those limes. Um, because I I hate you know I hate to like say anything negative because Ozzy's so passionate about this episode. Um, and she she wrote an episode of TV that's a tremendous achievement i tried i don't know if i've talked about it on this podcast but i tried one time to write a script because mm-hmm. i had like an idea i was like i have a really good idea for a tv show and so i sat down to write it and i was like i cannot do this i just could oh. not do like i am a terrible i'm a terrible writer i just i just am i can't do it i can't write dialogue i can't do any of that script so writing I, is hard i did a i did a contest i think last year where it was like a short screenplay or a short something. It was basically like a short script. Man, it's tough. It's tough. Like it, it seems like it should be easier because you're basically you're mostly just writing dialogue. But it is not easier. Let me tell you, it's not easier. <laughs> now, writing dialogue is what trips me up. I could probably write you a story. Like I can, I can do big picture things, but I cannot. Dialogue is so tough. So I respect anybody who actually writes a script and finishes it so no matter what the quality is like you sat down and wrote a script that's better than me so i i am not i am not coming down on anybody for from that perspective like i respect that a whole lot and it sounds like ozzy had the uh the the luxury of having a lot of creative freedom uh in doing this episode which is not afforded to a lot of people. So that's mm-hmm. that's something to be noted uh, as well. So I, I think a lot of that is really cool that she got the chance to tell a story she was passionate about and that she had a perspective on. Um, so I'm not, you know, uh, putting down any of those things. Those things I, I really respect. So I don't want it to seem like I'm, I'm cutting any of that down because I really like Ozzy Tespa as a human being. She's very, oh, yeah. very She's cool. She's great. She did a uh, an Instagram live yesterday with like all these fans. She just brought all these fans and it was like the coolest thing. I like when she was like, okay, do you want to take a selfie like on the live and everybody was just screenshotting. So then there would just be like like a couple seconds of them both smiling like as the, <laughs> as the fan screenshot. It was really cute. But it, that's a that's a cool thing for her to have done. So I I, I think uh, what she, what she did and what she accomplished is uh, great on that perspective. Um, I have said on the podcast before that I am not a big fan of these, I would say, agenda-driven episodes, these topical episodes. I'm not a fan of them. I don't think the show does them very well. And I personally do not think the show did it well 
this week either. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think, um, I hate to say this cause I like Ozzy so much, but I don't think it was written very well. Um, I had a problem with, and I have talked about this all the time. When you s- repeat words over and over and over again, it drives me bananas when they have like a word of the week, the word of the week, this Rebecca, week, were you tired? Were you, were you, were you exhausted? Were you exhausted? Were you I was so, really tired? I was so tired. <laughs> I mean, I will, I will say, and again, like I, this, the same disclaimer for me, uh, we, we talked to, to Ozzy last week and it was lovely or this week. I don't know. I don't know what time is anymore. It, it was, a, it was, was it last week. Please tell days me. Ago. I don't think it was last week. Yeah. Last Thursday. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and she was lovely and she's, she does so much to promote the show much more than the CW does. Much more. Yes. being honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I will say from my perspective, the writing on this episode, she nailed Kelly and like really made me like feel for the character and understand the character. And I feel like the writers honestly have gone back and forth and like understanding who Kelly is and like what her function is on the show. And like Ozzy did not have a question. She knows exactly who Kelly is. And I, after coming out of that episode, I was like, Oh, I think I know Kelly now. I think I understand two seasons on. I think I finally get <laughs> Kelly. Like finally they're like investing some time and F and like, effort into this character and like building her up that said there was one line where i I don't know if it was diggle or or kelly where they said like i'm tired i'm exhausted i'm tired like three times and i was like well the usually you say like one thing and then you like like maybe a different kind of word that would say the same thing not the exact same (laughs) word like those two things are synonyms like you can't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I got tired of them saying I'm tired. It, it was kind of driving me bananas. And so that kind of thing, to me, it, it always seems like nobody read it out loud. Nobody went through like an edit process. They just, it just always comes across to me like they wrote a draft and they were like, perfect. Let's that's go it. with this. This is that's, the one. This, well, that's what this I felt. It. I felt like the editing process kind of let down the episode in some ways because I also, like, I caught, you know, the repetition in this episode was a little bit like, it was, a, it felt like a first draft. It like, a, like a good first draft, but like a first draft, like you're going to, usually you would go back in there and you would like, you know, kind of winnow it down. And like, there were a couple of conversations that felt like the same conversation I had just heard like five minutes ago. Yeah. I, so, so on that part, I, I didn't think the, I think the story, like they had a story that they were telling and they told it in a complete way. I yeah. think that, you know, they had, they had the hospital situation at the beginning and then they resolved it by the end. And so I think that was done well. They had a story and it wasn't like by the end of it, you were like, but the thing at the beginning, you didn't get there. Like they got there. They went from point A to point B. And so that that was a complete story. But in terms of the actual writing of it, I, I didn't think was very strong, in my opinion. Um, and there were and- some scenes and there were some scenes and some moments that I thought were very good. Like that that um, that scene at the end with between her and Alex was really good um, in terms of like their performance was great. That scene where she goes out into the hallway and she calls um, and she calls James and she starts crying. Cause she's like, I don't like, you know, I don't know what to do and I'm already overwhelmed. And like, how did you do this? Like that was so relatable. And I think 
you can kind of understand, like I took on this mantle and it's, it's so much more hard. It's so much harder than I thought it was going to be. And like, how did you do it? Like, that was like, to me, I really relate it to that moment. I relate it to the moment at the end where she's like upset and, and Alex wants to help. And I thought that that was all, you know, like there were some strong individual scenes, but within even some of those like really strong scenes of like her talking to Diggle or her talking to Alex or her talking to Kara, there was like a lot of repetition, which was like, I just kind of wish it had, it had gotten a second pass basically and to just kind of tighten everything up. Yeah. I think some of those performances were really strong, especially coming from Ozzy. I thought a lot of those scenes where she had to really dig into those emotional uh, moments for Kelly, I thought that was really strong. Um, but, but yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about the dialogue and I also like, I think one of my biggest gripes, uh, was the out of character moments I thought that, uh, happened throughout this episode. And, and I understand why some of this was done because they needed to get Kelly to, uh, the premise of the episode was that nobody was hearing her. Nobody was listening to her and she couldn't get them to help her with the situation in the Heights. And so they, they had to write the other characters in such a way where they would dismiss her or they would not be caring about those people. And I just thought that was really unfair to the other characters. And I understand that they wanted to give the super friends flaws and I don't mind that. Um, but I also felt like it was sort of tearing those characters down in order to prop Kelly up a little. And I wasn't a big fan of that. And especially when it came to Kara uh, there were some lines in there that really, and and maybe it's because I take it personally because I'm such a big Cara fan, not even just like because we do a podcast about Supergirl, but because Melissa's characterization on the show has been so impactful for me personally that uh, that it hearing some of the things that Kelly said to her. And I, and again, I understand why these things were said, but she basically uh, sort of dismissed there were two things that I had issues with, with the mm -hmm. way Kelly was talking to Kara. Number one, she, she sort of dismissed what Supergirl does and the actions of Supergirl. She was like, Oh, you just say, you just fight supervillains. That's, that's, that's your thing. Whatever. That's the thing you do. And I was like, really, is that, is that all Supergirl does <laughs> for, for six seasons of the show? Am I to believe that the only good purpose of Supergirl is to fight supervillains? What about all those people she's impacted? What about all those people that she remembers? She remembers every person she saves. She talked about how, like, when she looks at the city at night, she thinks about those people. And I thought that was so dismissive and disrespectful to the character of Supergirl that, it almost came across like Supergirl didn't care about anybody. That Supergirl never cared about anybody. The only good thing that Supergirl ever does is fight supervillains. And I, I just think for me, the thing that I always like look for in Supergirl stories is how, and cause I've read through most of like, I'm still sort of behind on the new 52, but I've, I've read through most of Supergirl's comic history. And one of the big things that comes through that entire run of stories from 1959 is that what well, 1959 on is her compassion for people and compassion for others. You see it in Sterling Gates's Bizarro Girl. You you might see it now in, uh, reading Tom King's Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. And those are the things that I think are really essential to the character of Supergirl. And so for me to hear Kelly say that, and I, I know why it was said, I know that she's trying to show Supergirl like you're you're too busy and you don't see these things. This is your blind spot. I understand that. But to me, that was that felt like she didn't appreciate because Kelly's only been with the Super Friends for what 
a couple of episodes. She just found oh, out yeah, that yeah. Kara was Supergirl a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> well, this would have been a an important <laughs> reason to show her actually finding out. That would have been great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have. Still mad about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and so I so to me it was kind of like throwing away like the previous five seasons of the show and the things that Supergirl's gone through and the things that Supergirl's done and just dismissed it and just to say, oh, well, all she does is fight Supervillain. She doesn't actually care about anybody. And I was like, ooh, I don't know how I think about that. And then there was another um, part that uh, Kelly says, and I'll, I'll try to see if I can um, get the uh, get the actual quote so I, can, uh, so I don't... Um, put any words into Kelly's mouth but there, there but there was a there, but there was a moment about trauma and she said uh sh- this is Kelly talking to Supergirl she says I've pushed down so much trauma that the heights has brought up I've pushed it down and smiled and stayed friendly and stayed positive even when it didn't feel right and uh even when people's lives were being discarded you push it down and you keep going and over time that gets exhausting word of the day ding ding you may not get it but I need you to understand that it exists. And I could not get over that. (laughs) Like I'm still trying to figure out what I think about that because I understand that there's a certain kind of trauma that Kelly is speaking to in that speech. But we spent the first half of this season with Kara in the Phantom Zone where she is being physically, mentally, and emotionally tortured by phantoms to make her relive the the moment where she sees her friends and family murdered in front of her by a character, by a villain who almost killed her too. And to have Kelly tell her, you don't understand trauma. I couldn't get over that. So I think to, to defend Kelly in that moment, I think she was more saying you don't understand like the specific kind of trauma that I've been dealing with. Like you don't understand. Like I- I've been I've been pushing it down and pushing it down and saying it's OK. And so you don't understand what I've been going through. I didn't really read it as more as as her saying, like, you don't understand trauma, big T in general, because clearly Supergirl does. Her whole planet blew up. So, yeah, and she was stuck in the Phantom Zone in that pod by herself as a young girl for many, many years. We're not real sure. We're not real sure because they keep changing the continuity of the show. So I don't really know how long she was in that pod. Some at some period of ten years, thirty years. We're we're not real sure. (laughs) Um, But you know, and there's there's the whole thing of like her her being put in her mother's you know metaphorical shoes to have to say goodbye to Monel and all that kind of stuff and thinking that she had killed him. You know, there there are so many things that I I think I would have been okay. And this is this is a reason why I wish somebody had gone through and like did a did an editing pass on it. Like did did you know somebody else look at it? Um, because I think for me, what would have helped in one of those scenes, maybe at the end, like that last scene with Supergirl and Kelly, if Kelly had at least acknowledged, like you know, I might have my blind spots too, like. I see what you do for the city and I understand that, you know, you have things that you've been through too. Like I wish they had more so come together on that because these are two characters who have experienced some trauma and Kelly knows how to talk to people about trauma. She's a trauma specialist. So I just wish there had been something that connected them that way. Like to me, the better writing choice would have, would have been to connect them over that trauma for Kelly to acknowledge that Supergirl had been in the Phantoms. I mean, the Phantoms 
we were told that that was awful for Kara. We were told that was so awful that she needed rescuing uh, by going back in time to get her DNA. We were told it was so awful that she needed that. Um, so I, I guess for me, I think it would have been better uh, writing wise to me and character wise for that to have to that have been uh, been acknowledged because it, it doesn't seem like Kelly even does she even know about Kara's so stuff like past? That's a, that's a good point. And I see that Laura pointed this out in the chat. She says Kara hasn't talked about that with or in the presence of Kelly, which is, I think, another reason why. And then I hit another button. But uh, I think that's another <laughs> another reason why it would have been great to have Kelly learn the secret and be brought into the super friends as like a more formal thing, because yeah, I can kind of write it off because Kelly is kind of new to the super friends and she's kind of new to Cara being Supergirl. Apparently she didn't know this whole time. And, uh, and it's one of those things where like, yeah, we don't know if what, we don't know how much Kelly knows about what Supergirl does or if she's because she's kind of new to it. She doesn't really understand it. It's, it's tough because they left so much of that story uh, like on off screensville that happened all off screensville. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how involved Kelly is, how much Kelly knows. I don't know. Cause it's pretty, it, it's pretty new. I think she learned the secret earlier this season in the beginning of the season. Yeah, it was, it was pretty the end early of last on. season. No, I when, think it was it? this season. It was a long time ago now. <laughs> it was so, so long ago is when Kelly learned that secret. And yet so soon, like not long enough. Uh, so, so I guess I could kind of, you know, write off that's like, you know, she doesn't, she's kind of new and she doesn't really know how involved Kara is. She's really seeing Kara go up against these big bad guys and not be so much on the ground. And like, again, that's also, you know, the storytelling has been more of that. Like, I think we we're constantly like, I would love to see Kara, you know, a day in the life of Kara or like Kara helping people, you know, I in their been, daily lives. That's what we've been pitching for I, years. I, for, for years, I've said I wanted Kara in a story where she connected with like a small child or somebody personally in a personal way. Mm -hmm. I we we have talked about that ad nauseum and or or ad nauseum. It's ad nauseum. I think ad not, nauseum, yeah. not at ad. I must said that <laughs> at <laughs> at um, ad nauseum. <laughs> so so yeah, I think I think a lot of the disservice. And I'm sorry for cutting you off. Did I? Oh did no, I? no no you okay. didn't. <laughs> um. Uh. So I think yeah, that's kind of on the writing of the show is that they've never seemed at least within the last couple of seasons. I shouldn't say never, but just within the last couple of seasons, they've been been. It, it seems to me that they've been uninterested in telling those Kara stories or any Kara story at all. So I guess when when Kelly sees that, that's what she sees because we don't see anything other than Kara and Supergirl fighting supervillains. Um, but I, I even back when the Welcome Back Kara episode happened um, and and it was the episode <laughs> dealing with. Um, yeah, go ahead. Just as an FYI, uh, Kelly learned the secret between uh, season six, episode one and episode two. Alex told her off screen. So that, it hasn't been that long for Kelly as part of the Super Friends. That's it. That sounds right. I wanted to say episode two, but I wasn't quite sure yeah. uh, what the, the period was in, in there. Um, but yeah, so I, I think um, the, the show has kind of done a disservice to Supergirl that it, it never told these kinds of stories. And I think it works for Kelly. I think it works for the, the story that they told. And I think they have done a good job of taking their time with the multiple episode arc and establishing those characters. Like when I saw little Joey in the hospital, my heart was 
you know, it was heartbreaking to see him not being able to breathe. Like it was, it was tough to watch. And so I, I felt for those characters and I think it was because they earned it throughout the last couple of episodes to have me connected to them. I just think it's, um, it's also really disappointing for me as a Supergirl fan to, to be, and I don't mind Kelly having like a Kelly centric episode where she becomes a superhero. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I think it's awesome. I think Kelly is guardian is awesome, but it's, it's hard for me in the last season of a show about Supergirl to see Supergirl kind of in my, in my reading of it anyway, other people, I think in the chat and other people on Twitter are disagreeing with me about this. But to me, it seemed like the show was dismissing her as a hero and as a person. And to me, a final season of a show should be celebrating these characters should be celebrating what they've accomplished, what they've done. And it just feels like nobody cares about Supergirl. And it's just, it's so hard for me. Like I'm trying, like every week I get on Supergirl radio and it really helps because Morgan, you're so fun to talk to about this. <laughs> so I get on the live stream and I have a lot of fun talking about it, but, uh, but in my heart, Rebecca is uh, starving for good Supergirl stories. And so it's, it's been tough for me to like see, Supergirl treated this way and, and I again I understand why these scenes happen and this dialogue happened but it's just it's been tough with with eight episodes of the show to go to see Supergirl being talked about like that and and I almost even I I kind of like the idea of them um going into Supergirl's like weak spots like the idea that that Supergirl is can get like really really like razor focused on something and kind of miss the forest for the trees I think it's like it's interesting when you have your heroes and you layer them in with you know with humanity really like people are going to make mistakes people are going to do things that aren't always the exact right thing at the exact right moment and I thought that's a, like a really cool powerful story to tell about Supergirl I think the problem lies in the fact that like we just aren't getting a lot of Supergirl stories in Supergirl's final season we had her in the Phantom Zone and that was something but it, it still didn't she was, feel like she, she showed up for like five episodes at the most in those episodes so it, it still, really it yeah. really wasn't a lot and it, those, you know, the the 10 minutes we got with her could have been like a deep dive exploration into her character. But they weren't really. They there weren't was really. one episode. Welcome back, Kara, was a pretty good exploration of, of Kara. But that was one episode. Yes, exactly. And so so I don't mind like looking at different layers of Supergirl and looking at the ways that, you know, she's not always perfect, which I think makes her more relatable. It makes her a better character that she's not always perfect. And I like that when, you know, when Kelly was like, you know, you're not you're up there, you know, battling the the big guys and down here on the ground, you're not seeing, you're not hearing what I'm trying to tell you. You're just kind which, of walking out. Which is funny to say to to a character that has supervision and <laughs> and super hearing which seems yeah strange. well you know she's not using them she's she's focused on other things <laughs> sure sure it's sure like, it's like john it's like john sometimes touches his forehead but he never uses his psychic abilities for anything so <laughs> uh but like i i thought that that was kind of a a powerful you know kind of a powerful way to explore different aspects of Supergirl and the ways that she's not 100% perfect because I don't want my Supergirl to be perfect because then she doesn't seem like a person that I could like relate to like a human and she's an alien so she's not a human but I think her humanity is what makes us all like Supergirl that she you know she makes mistakes and she she gets back up and she tries again she does better and uh and so I, I like that she immediately heard Kelly out and was like 
okay, you're right. Like I'm listening, like, please tell me. Um, and I thought that that was good. And, and, and I can totally, I can totally see the idea in the episode of like, no one is listening to Kelly. And I, I, I like that through line because I feel like the show didn't listen to Kelly for like a long time. Like the show had no idea what to do with Kelly. Like Kelly was just off in a corner, like working in Obsidian. Why was she working in Obsidian? What did that have to do with any of her experience or jobs? Who knows? Kelly's working in Obsidian. And you're like, well, why? And so to me, to me, it makes sense that like she might feel she's like new in the super friends and she feels like she's being ignored and she feels like her voice is not carrying. And so I, I thought that that storyline was was really powerful as kind of like her stepping into her power and realizing like, okay, I can do this. I can be a superhero. I can, you know, I can save the day and and do my investigation with Diggle instead if nobody's going to listen to me um, and they're going to just go do the exposition off in the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I thought that that stuff was good. Yeah. But like, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with Supergirl not always doing the right thing or making a mistake. I think she made a mistake in this episode, which was like a really understandable mistake, which is that she's so focused on Nixley, who's like popping up kryptonite dragons and crazy. And she's crazy kind of stuff. going after these totems so she can master everything in exactly. the universe. Exactly. She's I mean, going to... That, that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be a kind of a big deal down the line. And so I think that it, it was like an understandable oversight or blind spot that she was really focused on that instead of focused on the the Heights community that was really suffering at that point. Um, so I thought that was really understandable. I think that the it's the problem is just that there's not enough Supergirl in the Supergirl show, right? It's like it's like a structural issue with the show, which is not a, not specifically an issue I have with this episode, which is that it, it's Supergirl, an overall issue. Yeah, if Supergirl was more in this show, it would be fine if, you know, we had a, a character going, you know, taking her not taking her to task i don't think kelly was mean or anything but saying like this is a thing that you aren't noticing or this is a thing that you aren't seeing but when we have so little supergirl in the show i think that's when it kind of starts to feel like well come on this is her show (laughs) yeah i don't have a problem uh with with supergirl having uh, a flaw or making a mistake and it makes sense that if she's so high level you know, and focused on Nixley, she would miss things like that to me makes sense. The things that don't make sense to me are like Andrea Rojas. She, you know, Kelly calls up Andrea and and she's like, you need to cover the the story in the heights of the Ormfield building falling so that there's more attention brought to them. And Andrea says, oh, no, no, we're focusing on traffic. And I was like, what? OK, that's no, one no, of those no, moments. No, no, no. no let, <laughs> let, let, let me have this, Morgan. Yes, please, I'm, I'm, please. I'm riled up. I'm riled up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, OK, so so she all right. So I used to work in news. I've said that many times. And I think, Morgan, you have some news experience as well. But if you are and I and this is this is kind of a uh, are they a national broadcast or are they a local <laughs> newscast? Because at one point they were broadcasting local city council meetings. And if that's the case, your local newscast is going to have a traffic segment, but it's not going to be the entirety of your broadcast. And traffic is typically in the morning so that people aren't late to work. So they know if there's an accident on the interstate, so they know when when to avoid accidents or you know when to take a back road or whatever. That's when traffic gets done on uh, news, like broadcast TV news. Also, nowadays, it this this episode kind of frustrated me about the Andrea thing because 
it was almost like they had never looked up traffic ever. <laughs> and they just assumed that they talk about it all day long on TV. When nowadays on Twitter, your local uh, TV news uh, broadcast probably has a hashtag. Like Atlanta has uh, hashtag ATL traffic. So you can go, you can go look that up right now on Twitter. Go to ATL traffic and you can see all the traffic updates on Twitter. Uh, they have traffic updates on websites and apps. So it's not like Andrea had to sit on the traffic news all day long on Catco's whatever station it is. And also the Ormfell building would have been like top of the rundown news. That building falling down would have been huge news. People would have been all over that. They would have sent different reporters down there covering different angles of that story. And they would have been covering it for days. That's the kind of thing that Andrea should have been covering because she wants the clicks. That that was one of those out of character moments that didn't make sense to me in the episode because they needed her to be like that so that she would be one of those characters who was not listening to Kelly. But in that moment, that makes absolutely no sense. (laughs) And it really, really frustrated me. Because if you have Andrea covering the news of the Ormfeld building, you can't make the case that not everybody's paying it or not that, that everybody's, you know, ignoring you. You can't make that case in the writing. So you have to make Andrea make a silly choice that makes no sense. In, in the actual r- world, they want to bring all these real world elements into the show. And if they do, they have to have a real world traffic situation happening. And I was just like, God, what is that? So that's that's my rant about Andrea. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm no, with your thoughts. It, your rant was actually pretty close to my rant about that one. I I went what? Because like, I understood what the story was trying to say. It was trying to say that like when tragedies like this happen in marginalized communities where people don't put a lot of like time and resource, they just think, Oh, bad things happen there. And so bad things happening there aren't news. Right. I get all of that. With that said, a giant building crashing to the ground, just kind Mysteri- of materializing. Yeah. Mysteriously. <laughs> Just kind of immediately dematerializing. And that at would the, be news. <laughs> at the time, at around the time of that whole city council thing with that Orcoya deal, that would yeah. have been news for days. <laughs> imagine I'm sorry a big, for yelling. I'm sorry. Imagine a big building, a big uh future Amazon building just went down. You would hear about that a lot, a lot. Like I'm thinking about that, like um, the tower fire, the Grenfell tower fire. I think that was in like London. Like we heard about that a ton. It was a huge tragedy. It was like so, so sad, but like we heard about that a lot because when a big building just suddenly bloops, you hear about that's actually news. And like, I got what they were trying to do with like the cat being like going viral. I feel like if they had kept it to the cat being viral, like a viral sensation of this cat, like that would have made more of, sense. Andrea would have been made more, more sense, into that, right? Yeah. That would have made more sense. It's like, oh, and this, and the what the the message I think would have made more sense, which is like the people don't want to look at the hard things. They don't want to look at the bad things. They want to watch a cat play with the laser, and right. that's kind of human nature, right? And so that's why we love BuzzFeed, uh, but. <laughs> But that's when they went to the traffic, it was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not how traffic works. And no person in the history is going to turn down a huge tragedy 
for traffic. Like now I understand why Catco is third. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, the, you know, the Daily Planet would have been covering that from all angles. Yeah, I was, oh, God, that really irritated me. Uh, that one, that was like the one, like the, maybe the biggest moment in the episode where I went, come on, come on. Yeah, you don't think <laughs> National City like has a, a Twitter hashtag about traffic? You don't think the people of National City are like, oh, it's a giant cat today. I guess I'm going to take the other interstate. Like they, they, the people of National City, I would like to think, have workarounds for traffic. <gasps> Well, they're like, oh, giant, giant cats on Fifth Street. I guess I'm taking the back road today. Like, you know, they are. It, it just speaks to the show's like complete lack of uh, knowledge about like how anything in news media works. <laughs> like the, the couple episodes ago where like Andrea was like, oh, we got to make our profits go higher. Like we got to get our profits up. All the other newspapers with profits are going up. I was like what now now i know it's fictional because you just said newspapers profits are going up it's <laughs> not a thing that happens it's like it's like stuff like that where it's like oh we got to go from we're you know we're fifths and we got to be first by the end of the day it's like come on get out of here okay sure fire them all then it's not happening <laughs> nicole says national city hashtag would be an instant uh, twitter follow someone create this account yeah yes I, mean, I would i would follow that I, account i would follow uh, there would update. be some wild stuff on that account <laughs> oh, updates from national city yeah yeah i had a, i had an issue with that and i guess this this whole uh this this episode has made me really kind of dig into cuz i've been trying to examine this kind of thing for a while now this whole like uh, a, and I hate to say it like this, but it's the only way I can explain it. Uh, I heard Quentin Tarantino uh, with Bill Maher talk about ideology versus art. And I think that's a good way to put it. I, I've been referring to it as like agenda driven storytelling. And I've been trying to figure out like, what is like my whole, my whole like last year, I've been asking the question, what is art? You know, like Liz Lemon oh. did on on uh, hmm. the the Mrs. Donaghy episode of Thirty Rock. If you've never <laughs> seen that, you know, you need you need to go uh, watch that classic. She said, you know, she's like, "What is art?" And Jack Donaghy says, "You know, paintings of horses." And so, you know, there <laughs> there are there there are lots of different opinions on that. And I've been trying to read books about it and try to figure that out. And I I think I I was trying to figure out like. I know why I don't mostly like some of these kinds of episodes because really they're not written well. That's that's the main reason I think for me as to why that doesn't uh, jive with me. But I was also thinking about like what other things have I seen outside of Supergirl that are kind of like this? And I know we've talked about before like um, after school specials and kind of having a, a mission with the after school special and having that same sort of tone, like that kind of sort of that cheesy tone. But the more you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually was starting to think about. Uh, so I, I preface this with I am a Christian. I uh, so so what I say next is going to be coming from a place of wanting to like these things. But Christian movies are terrible. <laughs> they are terrible. And I go in wanting to like them. Like I go and support them. I watch them in, you know, movie theaters and I try to, you know, rent them to, you know, let, let them know like people are watching and I want them to, I want <laughs> people so people are watching. Oh, you guys are doing so good. <laughs> I want so, I want so badly for these to be good. I so badly want them to be good. And 
they're not good. They are made for the reason to, and, and with a noble reason, in my perspective, to want people, you know, to, you know, uh, to know Jesus and for and forgiveness. And I, 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 I love that. I am behind that 100%. But those movies are awful. They're just awful. And I was thinking about the comparison to that, to Supergirl. And in some ways, in my opinion, they're the same thing. They have they have the same premise where they start from wanting to have a message in it, in there and they work backwards. And the outcome is not great, in my opinion, because they rely too heavily on the ideology from Quentin Tarantino's words. And so I was just thinking about that today because uh, there was a movie that I, I saw recently. It's called Breakthrough. And it had a, actually a lot of big names. It had like a this is Topher Grace and that chick from This Is Us. And there were a whole bunch of actors in there. They're like really great actors. And for the first like hour, it's actually kind of good. Like some of the visuals are really good. And they're telling kind of a compelling story about this kid who uh, I, th- I think he died or he was near, like he had a near death experience. And it was kind of interesting. I was like, oh, this is this is kind of good. I'm actually kind of liking this. And I was I was clinging to the, oh, maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one Christian movie that's going to be good. And then the last um. 20 minutes, <laughs> it just took a turn. And it got so preachy. And like I said, this should be right up my alley. And I I walked out of that theater going, Dad, gum it. You, you really let me down. You let me down. I should say the only good Christian film that I think is actually even worth watching is a movie called The Case for Christ. It's about the story of Lee Strobel. It's actually like it has a a sort of a sophisticated storytelling structure where it uses two investigations at the same time. And it's actually quite good. There's a little bit of a preachy moment there at the end when it talks about his conversion, but it's actually really well made. And so that's the only one I would probably point to to being really close to being an actual film. But I just (laughs) to being a film. But I but I just I just thought about that because I was like, how is like episodes like this and I, and I'm not singling out blind spots, but topical episodes in general on Supergirl, how are they any different than those terrible Christian movies I've seen that I dislike so vehemently? Like I was trying, I was just trying to figure that that out. I think the problem that Supergirl has is that it backs into what it wants to say instead of looking at the story and going, well, what's a way to tell a story in this world that tells, you know, that is on this theme or is this, this story that we want to tell that reflects real life. Instead, they're like, how do we shove what's happening in the news into Supergirl? And so they back into it that way. And so you can tell, like, you can tell, you can feel it. You're like, oh, yeah, this is the episode about this. Or this is the episode about, oh, somebody just picked up a, an article in ProPublica and read about, you know, <laughs> Prison recidivism rates and oh uh-oh. no, not recidivism. Oh, don't bring not, recidivism up. You know, that's a hard oh, word oh, to say. Some somebody somebody just re- recently realized that like you know for profit prisons are bad and good for them, and I'm glad and I'm glad that they're telling people. But maybe we want to work it in more organically than that. I don't know. And so this one I didn't have as big of a problem with because I feel like Ozzy was writing it from her perspective um and it was like the perspective it felt you know very similar to the perspective of the character and and i think that you know her and david ramsey really brought you know some realism to it and brought their perspectives and their lived 
lived experiences. And I think that helped this one kind of not be, you know, the gun control episode for me. But it also it also functioned in place for the story. So if the story needed, you know, Kelly to go from like preparing to be guardian to being guardian. And so I think that it like actually fit the story that they were telling and like really gave Kelly a time, a moment to shine. And like that moment where (laughs) Supergirl is fighting the insanely evil councilwoman who, by the way, we need to talk about her because I was obsessed when she killed that assistant for the sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, is this art? Is this art, <laughs> Rebecca? <laughs> I, she goes, would kill she for looks, the, I would kill for a sandwich right now. She looks at the sandwich and she just goes, I did that. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what am I watching? But like, at the end, I thought that there was, it was powerful when the, the power like reflected back on Guardian Shield back to the people of the Heights. And like she gave that power back to the people of the Heights. Like I, I, I don't know that, that. it went. I don't know that it, it. It kind of went back to the people of the Heights. But I mean, it also fueled Nix, It all well that, but it also fueled Nixie's Nixley's orb. So I mean, there's that was, for every good deed, right? No good deed goes unpunished. Am I right? But but I thought like that was like that was a powerful moment, and that was a moment that they didn't need to like you know like have Kelly then look at the, the, the camera and go, I just gave them their power back and then wink. Like I got got it. They they did have Supergirl say this power doesn't belong to you. So there was a, there was a little bit of that. I mean, that did feel like a kind of a a common Supergirl (laughs) like punch. So I, I forgave that one. I was like, (laughs) listen, if, if Nia can have her dream pun, Supergirl can, can have her on the nose statements occasionally. I guess guess that's true. Yeah. So I didn't have as, as big of a problem with this one because I felt like, yes, it was trying to, 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 you know, address issues. It was talking about racism and it was talking about, you know, what it's like to um, live in these underserved communities where resources are thin on the ground and people just kind of leave them alone because they're like, oh, it's, you know, things are bad there. So they're always going to be bad. So we don't have enough, you know, we don't have enough equipment in the hospital. Oh, well, sorry, we're underfunded. And, uh, and I thought that that was, you know, it tied into the, things that they had already set up. And I think that's the other thing is like, we talk about these episodes that are like the topical episodes. We talk about like the gun control episode. That episode came from nowhere and it was never addressed again. And so I think that this episode really benefited from having that buildup of these char- these reoccurring characters and the Heights not just being a place that they visited in this, this one episode, but a place that we've seen before and like the building having showed up in other episodes. And so I think like, the it feels like it's part of Supergirl's world versus feeling like the show needed this X, Y, and Z to happen so that they could make a point about this thing. And so they created it. Um, so I had less of a problem with this one about, you know, obviously it was, you know, our special, it was our special episode of the week or whatever, but I think that it was done well, at least versus some of the other ones, like the gun control episode, which was done not well. 
I, I will say, I think that they earned at least the story. I don't know that they earned some of the character moments and some of the actual dialogue in it, but I think they earned the actual story um, uh, because I think I think um, the relationship building between Kelly and Joey and Kelly and Orlando specifically, those two characters, and even her uh, adversarial relationship with uh, Councilwoman Rankin, I, I thought that that was uh, pretty earned from from the show. I did uh, so. Councilwoman Rankin <laughs> is a one note mustache twirling villain. And I really don't like those kinds of villains. Uh, I I love I love a good like delicious you know villain like Nixley where she's you know she's she's bad she doesn't you know she doesn't uh, apologize for being bad. But Nixley also has a little bit of a sympathetic backstory. Like you can understand yeah. why why she she was betrayed, and so now she's really irritated about it. And uh, so that's it's. The more I thought about this, so they did the same kind of thing with Reality Bites in season five when they had the bad guy of the episode. He was just a straight villain, no backstory. You'd never knew why he was doing the things he was doing. There was no like attempt at a like the show normally with villains will try to attempt some kind of sympathetic backstory for for villains unless it's a, a villain that they want to pin all the stuff that they hate on. Um, and I just today I was like. Didn't they have a sympathetic backstory for actual Nazis in Crisis on Earth X? Oh, like God. They, they did that. They had actual sympathetic backstories for literal Nazis. And uh, so I just. That's I one just, that didn't need a sympathetic backstory. I, I just thought I just thought it was. I, I just think those kinds of choices are really interesting to me. And uh, so I, I just I just thought that was strange. Yeah, she, she was just I just don't find those kinds of villains very interesting to watch I, when they're one note like that like i see right through it and i just i don't have any fun watching those kinds of villains oh yeah yeah she was she was ridiculously over the top again i think that that sandwich scene is gonna um it's just gonna live live on in my heart forever when you ask me what is art that scene was art <laughs> she he just slumps over and then she goes I did that while she looks at the sandwich like lovingly. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. So I feel like maybe I'm judging her too harshly. <laughs> but yeah, no, like she was absolutely like a one note, just straight evil villain. There was nothing below the surface for that. She was just like, my money, my power, my sandwiches. And like... <laughs> I mean, I, I almost I almost sympathize with her about the sandwiches, but nothing else. It's there's not a lot else there <laughs> with her. Yeah, so I, I wasn't crazy about that, but they they at least established Rankin's relationship to Orlando and to the people of the Heights and to Kelly. So at least some of that felt earned, even though she was just kind of a must mustache twirling uh villain. Uh, Morgan, was there anything else that you, uh, wanted to talk about in relation to this episode that we didn't talk about? Um, I don't know that we talked much about Diggle, uh, showing up and just being like, Hey, it's me, Dig. And I was like, cool. <laughs> um, so, so as I, I loved, I loved Diggle. Obviously David Ramsey was there to direct. So why not be in the episode? He was already there. Uh, I love that kind of energy. It's like, you know, you know what I think this episode needs? Ozzy, I'm just telling you since you're writing it, what if you wrote Diggle into it? And then he like winks at her. <laughs> What if Dig was in this one? And I was like, oh, all 
right. All right. Well, and the excuse was that James called him. Yeah. Which does that even make sense? I guess it does. If you can't get Makad Brooks to come back, do you think that they were initially going to have James come and talk to her and like, they couldn't get him. And so they were just like, Oh, we need to get somebody to be in the scene. I feel like having James in this episode would have been great because it would have been like a tie from the old guardian to the new guardian. He could have kind of, you know, they could have done the investigation together and he could have really encouraged her to take on the guardian shield and, uh, and all of that. Diggle I was great. Listen, I love Diggle. Uh, I'll take any kind of Diggle I can get. I never finished arrow. So I don't even know what's up with Diggle right now. Honestly, I've heard some rumors that like maybe they're setting him up to be Green Lantern. Whatever sounds great. I love Diggle. Like <laughs> whatever Diggle wants to do, if he just wants to like set up a coffee shop somewhere in like the mountains and like just hang out with his family, that sounds great too. I'll watch that Diggle show. Um, <laughs> love me some Diggle. But uh, I had no idea. Like I had no context for like what he's been up to lately. He just showed up and they didn't explain it at all. Like for the people who haven't like didn't watch Arrow and like had no idea where his story ended. It's just like, oh, Diggle's here. What's he been up to? Not not much. He, apparently, he turned down a pretty sweet job opportunity to stay with the family. What well, was think, that job opportunity? I maybe don't know. maybe being Green Lantern. We don't maybe. know exactly. <laughs> it was a and and then like when he leaves, he's like, "I'll be back." Wink. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he practically winks directly at the camera. He's like, "Away." I, I wondered <laughs> if he was going to, because uh, his he's had a, out. <laughs> he's he's apparently had a storyline through uh, a bunch of episodes. So he was on an episode of Superman and Lois. I think he was on the Flash. The chat will have to correct me, but I, I want to <laughs> say he was on the Flash as well. So he's had this like little diggle storyline going through <laughs> a bunch of these other shows. So I wondered if he's going to show up. Uh, in the the big flash crossover that's supposed to happen oh. like the next big crossover i wonder if I he's gonna appear. i like the idea of it being like the diggle extended universe like diggle, <laughs> diggle is like actually what holds them all together it's like oh diggle has come to visit you too me too man uh in the chat in the chat Electra says diggle implied that he turned down the green lantern ring in this episode but he mentioned that in the flash too and ended up getting some cosmic migraines doing it so no idea what's going on with diggle seems like Diggle's going to be around. He's going to be going to visit other people. Maybe maybe it's like the sisterhood of the traveling Diggle where he just <laughs> he visits every single show. He's like, hey, it's me, Diggle. <laughs> I think that's what he's been doing, actually. I, I love it. I love it. I, I like that energy. I hope he just visits them all. I hope I hope we get him on Legends soon. <laughs> <laughs> he probably will He'll probably show up there. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, it was it was nice to see him. Like, I, uh, you know, I thought he and um, uh Diggle and Kelly uh, had some great scenes together. And I think that speaks to uh, David Ramsey and Ozzy Tespie having, you know, some good uh, on-screen chemistry and being able to play those scenes off of each other and, and having, you know, a, a gravitas, I thought to some of those scenes that they brought. So, so I thought um, the addition to David Ramsey was, was great as an actor. And he even did some, you know, classic Diggle action fight scenes like he would have on Arrow. And uh, so I, I thought he, he as an actor was was great. And I thought the the episode at least uh, was directed pretty well. I thought for the most part, I had issues with the writing, but I think the, the directing was was good. So uh, I thought he did a good job on um, both aspects of uh, his job and what he needed to do for this episode. 
Yeah, I liked. I really liked the scene with um with Kelly and Diggle, like kind of bonding and and talking about their experiences and like their experiences of racism and things like that. And I I really liked the. Uh, I mean, I think all of, like the Kelly like two like two hander scenes or it's just like the her and one other character were were pretty good. They again, I would have preferred like another pass where they just kind of tighten them up so that they weren't. Some of them didn't feel like I'd seen that scene like five minutes ago, but uh. The, the scene at the end with her and Alex was really powerful and really well done. And I, and I thought it was really great that they show her like getting ready for bed and just kind of like relaxing. And then they have Alex come in and, and, you know, ask what she can do. And it's, you know, it's just that she's had a hard day and, and all she needs is for Alex to hold her. And I thought that that was really, that was a powerful scene. Cause we don't, you know, we have, we've seen Alex and Kelly for a couple of seasons be together, but I, I feel like we don't really see enough of them. And so I'm always kind of hungry for Alex and Kelly scenes to kind of understand how their relationship works. And I feel like we've actually been getting a little bit more of it this season, which I appreciate because before that, I think in season five, it was like, not as much as I would have liked. I was like, what's going on with Alex and Kelly? Um, so that scene I thought was really well done and they both played it really really great i thought that that was like a very powerful scene both of the actresses really like brought their all to it and uh and ozzy was great in the whole episode i thought she really like was a very relatable character Uh, like i really felt for her you know her as the episode the word of the episode tired like but that she was just getting exhausted that she was you know you i've i've experienced being the person going like hey hey could could, I've got a thing over. Okay. No, no, but now, no, not now. And so like, I could really relate to that feeling of, you know, being in a crowd and not, and people just not hearing you or like not taking you seriously. And I think it makes sense as a character beat for Kelly, just because the show itself sometimes doesn't, you know, focus in on her that much or really understand like who Kelly is and what she does. And I think this episode if anything else really gave me a good perspective on, okay, this is who Kelly is. And I think it, it was telling a powerful story. It was sometimes a little on the nose. It used a, a lot of um, keywords, uh, a lot of keyword search, some good SEO in this episode. If you're searching for tired. <laughs> well, actually that scene at the end with Alex and Kelly, that would have been the best time to use it because she was at home getting ready for bed. That would have been tired. (laughs) Oh, that would have been a perfect time to have her talk about how she was tired and exhausted. Oh, that they really should have saved it for that scene. (laughs) uh, Honestly, when you think about it. Um, And I thought it was interesting. Like for, for me, a couple of scenes, I was like, the way that Kelly is talking is so like um, clinical about like her experiences. And, and I was going to ding them for that. And then I realized like, she's, like a psychiatrist and so the fact that she can kind of break down her experiences and be like well what I need from you right now is this or you're not hearing me right now or you know guilt is not getting me anywhere because it's not you know it's not an action I need actions that I was like that makes sense for somebody like Kelly who like is used to looking at her feelings very clinically and then like explaining explaining feelings like that's kind of what she does so i i like that aspect of her character that she can really you know kind of dis- even when she's feeling big things and she's you know scared and she's overwhelmed she can really distill down and like actually t- like what kelly what's up is like this is exactly how i'm feeling that's i think that's a special skill that's a very generous reading on that i i thought uh all of it sounded like 
bullet point talking points, uh, <laughs> especially in that ending scene where, where she was like, you need to be an ally. And I was like, oh, just talk like a normal person. Maybe, I, maybe, maybe there are people who talk about things like that. There probably are. But I just it was it was like the recidivism rates to me where it was like, <laughs> just talk like a normal human being. That's totally fine. And I feel like I was giving them leeway because I feel like if anybody was going to talk like super academic and kind of abstract, that's, it Kelly makes fair. sense to me. Yeah. Whereas, because I was going to ding them too, as I'm like, some of these conversations don't sound like conversations like, you know, two people would have. And I was like, well, actually, you know, I don't know. Maybe Kelly's taking it from like a very professional, like, I feel like maybe one of the things that Kelly does is like kind of step back and, and go into like professional mode when she's upset and like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really distill down my feelings into all of the psychiatrist, you know, psychologist feelings talk. And so I could buy it from from Kelly. I, I mean, I feel like if um, suddenly Nia was like, here's what I need. Uh, I need some space. Uh, I need and like uh, and guilt is, you know, is a isn't a helpful action. You need to go. To, I, I don't know if I would have bought it from another character, but from Kelly, I actually did because she's got that, you know, uh, psychology background. And so she's probably pretty good about talking about feelings. So even though like, like everybody feelings get the best of you sometimes. Um, but like, yeah, that was one of the ones where I was like, okay, I'm gonna give you a pass because like, yeah, of all the people, Kelly is probably the one who might talk about it in like a very like abstracted academic way. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I, I still dinged it uh, for that, uh, but but I think your your I think your your defense of it I think is is a fair one. So I will I will appreciate that. Uh, we are running long on time. Um, so Morgan, let's get to some overall thoughts. Uh, what did you think, just in general, about this uh, this episode, Blind Spots? I liked this one. I thought that Ozzy did a good job of like. Besides, like, a little bits here and there that we've talked about, um, I thought she did a good job of, of really showing us the characters and and writing for Kelly in particular, which isn't a surprise. Uh, she knows Kelly better than anybody. Uh, and you can really tell in this episode, this felt like an episode where I was like, okay, I get Kelly. Like, I get this character. I like this character. I, I'm excited that she's Guardian. Uh, I, I felt a little sad about the missed opportunity of, like, well, she's Guardian now, season six, episode 12 of, you know, there's maybe eight more left. And like, how much how much Guardian time are we going to get with Kelly? Like, not much. It's the final stretch of episodes. I wish they had, you know, there's a, I, I think there was a lot of excuses for why they couldn't do Guardian earlier. I don't know. Those don't really fly with me. They could have done Guardian earlier. <laughs> and because I like this, I like this, uh, I like this, this version of Guardian, this sort of on the ground street. I don't want to say fighter because it sounds like the video game, but like uh, somebody who's part of the community who can like feed Supergirl information and who can get to know the people on like, you know, a one-on-one -on -one basis. And, uh, and I like that, that idea I think does actually fill a role on Supergirl, the TV show. Whereas normally I feel like when they add superheroes, they make every single character a superhero. I get kind of annoyed because I'm like, it's not necessary. We already have Supergirl. But in this case, I could see where she could function as a part of the super team and actually be helpful and do something different than Supergirl would do. And like, I appreciate that because again, like we have too many superheroes as it is on a show that's supposed to be mostly about Supergirl. And 
isn't at all. <laughs> but I think that it was a really good setup um, as her of her as guardian. And I think it it tackled some really heavy issues and it did it it did it pretty well, even though again, yeah, I would agree like maybe a second pass on that draft would have been would have been good to tighten up those uh, you know, some of the rep- the repetition, but uh, and the you know, the villain who's wanted a sandwich so bad she killed for it. <laughs> Actually, no, I wouldn't take that out. You keep that <laughs> no, you're in. you're keeping that. <laughs> you keep that. That is, that is art. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that some of the, 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 the scenes themselves are powerful. The scene between Kelly and, and Alex at the end, the scene with, um, with Kara and Kelly, I think would have been more powerful if we had more of an inclination into their specific relationship, which it seemed to barely have. Uh, but I think that the, the scenes with her and Diggle were, were great. I, I, th- I think that it was a, overall, it was a pretty, pretty solid episode. I really liked it. I thought that there were some things that they could have improved, but, uh, but I thought that Ozzy did a great job. I think you could really feel how much she loves the show and how much she loves her character and how much she loves Kelly. And, I hate to say it this way, but like, I'm glad someone does because uh, that's, I felt the love for Kelly in this episode. And I don't usually from the show, like Kelly is not a, a character that I think that the the show is like obsessed with telling stories about it. It doesn't forget her as much as Megan <laughs> because what's she up to, but it does forget her quite a bit. And so I was glad to see this, the spotlight finally shine on Kelly because she doesn't get it a ton. And so it's nice to, it was nice to get a good, a good Kelly episode that felt like it was written by somebody who really, really loves Kelly. I think we should all be on Magan watch from here on out. Uh, <laughs> Poor Magan. Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I think uh, I talked a lot about the things I liked and I disliked. Um, but I, I think what's interesting to me is that when I watch Supergirl and then I watch something like Titans on HBO Max, it's a very, very different experience for me. And it's not even just because Titans doesn't tackle like topical storylines. They talk a lot about, you know, uh, drugs and uh, difficult relationships and family dynamics that are are really important. Um, But I think when I was, I was catching up on Titans over the weekend. And so I think I'm kind of caught up. The new episode is, is, coming out i guess soon um but i i walked away from titans having some clarity on why like a titans episode is going to work for me and this episode doesn't work for me as much because when i watch titans it immerses me into the world that they are existing in i feel like i've spent time in gotham city i feel like i've gotten to know these characters who have a lot of soul to them i feel like i understand their their characters and what they're going through even a character like jason todd who's like done all this terrible stuff as red hood like i get these characters and when i end an episode of titans I feel like I come out of Gotham City. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. But <laughs> no, like no, I, I know what you I mean. Feel like, like I, I feel like I'm immersed into the world of the show. And so when the episode ends, I kind of forget. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like I was watching a TV show. I forgot about it. And when I watch Supergirl, like at the end of the ending scene where it's like, Kelly's wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. And there's a Ta-Nehisi Coates book with white fragility, you know, with a folk close up. That's that's making the real world come at me. And I am no longer in the the universe of the show. And so there's such a different experience just in the way 
things are written and the way things are shot. And Titans is very much like a like a nerdy comic book fan kind of focused show. Like if you love DC Comics, watch Titans because you're going to feel like the DC world has come to life in that show. And so I just... I had I just had a little bit of clarity on that. I think one of the the points of the the issue with these kinds of episodes that I have is that I don't feel immersed into the story of the universe. I feel like I'm just watching something in the wor- our real world just inserted into the into the show. And I know we've talked a lot about that, so I won't go on and on and on about that. But I just thought that was an interesting uh, comparison that I just kind of experienced while watching titans and watching this episode it was a very different experience and again i'm trying to figure out why why do i like something and not like something out uh, else what what is art what makes this good what makes this bad <laughs> i'm on a continual journey to figure this out to see if i'll get an answer for it uh, but but those were one of, one of the things uh that i thought about uh was that immersive experience do i feel like i'm immersed into the universe of Supergirl, and and unfortunately, I, I don't think that I am. Um, so and that's, I, I would yeah, agree. And I think I think that the the, the episode was tag, tackling a lot of like big topics and really important things, and and talking from a, a place of of Ozzy's perspective, you know, as a as a black woman. And I think that that's all really powerful. I think taking a step back to just Supergirl in general, though, what they tend to do is just like to back up into the story, even though it doesn't always make sense in the world. And that's going to take you out of it every time. And yeah, so, every time. yeah, I, I can, like the, the, I can agree. Like it's, there's so been so many ones that we've, we've kind of had to go, wait, does that make sense with a thing that they've previously set up? Or do, did they just forget about that so that they could make this point? And like, I don't want to be, as soon as you start asking yourselves those questions, like game over, you're out of the episode. You're out of that wor- that world that Supergirl is building because now you're like, wait, I don't think that this logically connects to this other thing, which is what some of like the bad topical ones have done because they wanted to tell a specific story and they were like, well, we're just going to put this on top of whatever story, like whatever thing is happening in the world of Supergirl is like, yeah, but mm, would that make sense in that context or, and, and they, and they do that kind of a lot too. And it's. And, and when I get taken out, I stop caring about the story. I hate to say that, but that's what happens when I get taken out of the story. I just, I don't care anymore. Um, so, so, I, I wish that Supergirl felt more like that to me, but it doesn't at this point. And so it's hard to really kind of, especially when the, yeah, I feel like I'm talking forever about this, but <laughs> I, I feel like I have so many feelings about this and I don't really know what I feel about it. Um, but also the, the season has not had a consistent tone. There's been like serious no, episode, serious episode, wha- wacky Nixley giant cat episode, serious episode, serious episode. And it's, it's, kind of jarring to me um and so i'm trying to reconcile some of those things and uh figure out how how to enjoy the show whereas it shouldn't be me trying to figure it out i should just watch it and enjoy it and it's that for me that's my personal experience watching the show the tonal shifts in this season have been pretty wild so this is this one was a pretty serious episode um but the one before it was 
insane. Like it was bonkers. It was off the wall. <laughs> there was a cat. There was a dragon. There were witches in a cave that a GPS <laughs> took you to. Uh, there was a like a, a 90s Lilith Fair cover band. It That one was really weird, right? And then you follow it up with this episode about Kelly that's like powerful and really rooted in every day, you know, on the ground stuff. And then it looks like next week we're going off on into Wackyville again. And so it's just like, I don't, the, the show doesn't have to be all, you know, important issues or all wacky cats and, and laser beams, right? There can be a mix, but when but we, it would be better if it was wacky cats and later, it would be better. It would be better. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that, but like, and there can be like, you know, a special episode that's like, that's more serious from time to time, but it just, it feels like the tone shift has just been a roller coaster where there was like, you know, there was the, the private prisons are a bad episode. There was a gentrification is bad episode. And then there was cats, cats. <laughs> and then, and now it's this one that, you know, that, that Ozzy wrote about Kelly, that focuses on Kelly. And then next week looks like it's going to be off the chain crazy. And so it's, uh, just like tightening up that tone so it's a little bit more consistent I think would also help these episodes that they want to hit a little harder like this one where it doesn't feel like well last week there was like a kryptonite dragon and everybody was a witch in the woods just <laughs> grabbing branches and smelling them what what what's happening <laughs> yeah so I, I agree I think that the tonal shifts it like really do take you out of the story too because you're like whoa I gotta realign now what's what's happening here <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jen makes a good point uh, saying, I think it was a bad idea to connect the two episodes because it almost makes you feel bad for enjoying the giant cat. I, I actually True. I actually agree with that. But Jen, don't feel bad for enjoying the giant cat. Never feel you, bad you can, for enjoying that giant I don't cat. Care, I don't care what the show makes you feel. <laughs> you should be able to enjoy that giant cat. It almost um, feels like they should have somehow like had this episode follow like maybe one of the previous episodes that were setting up the Heights storyline and then kind of transition into giant cats and stuff. Like, I don't know. It just, it's such a, it's so all, all over the place is what it is. Well, the, they the needed the giant crazy. cat to establish that all Supergirl does is fight super villains and like giant cats. <laughs> yeah. So they, they needed that. So I, I can kind of understand why they did that, but yeah. So I guess I just, for me, a lot of this episode is just personally, how do I watch it? What do I get out of it? Is there meaning for me in it? What is, what is the, you know, the quality of it? Cause I, I think I'm, I'm constantly asking a question for myself is, is even if the message is good, does that automatically mean the art is good? And that's a question. That's a question that I ask myself quite a bit about a lot of different like TV shows and films. And so I'm constantly asking myself that question. And so that's one of the things I wrestled with here is uh, I don't know that just because you have a good message that people need to hear or that people need to talk about, that doesn't automatically mean that it's done well, that it's a good piece of art. So that just for me personally, like I'm trying to continue to, to, to wrestle with that idea of what is art? What is art? What is it? 
And I think that we've established that it's that lady with the sandwich. (laughs) We've solved it. (laughs) Done. All right. Question answered. Uh, Okay. Well, I I know we went long on that, but I guess it was something good that we could, you know, work out amongst uh, the two of us and with the people in the chat. So thank you all for uh, staying with us uh, in this long conversation. Well, uh, before we get to our feedback, uh, because I think this is going to do it for our discussion uh, about blind spots and we want to hear what our listeners have to say. Uh, but Morgan, today is September 22nd. Oh, my God. Which uh, means it's uh, Supergirl's birthday. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> according to the 1976 Super DC calendar, today is Cara Zorrell's birthday. Fittingly, it is also Laura Vandervoort's birthday, who uh, played uh, Kara Kent on Smallville and also uh, was Indigo on the CW Supergirl. So today is the character of Kara uh, Zorel's birthday. So happy birthday, Supergirl. Uh, I think I'm going to eat some cupcakes as I did on the previous September 22nd live stream that we did. Uh, if you don't what know a cheerful what day that was, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you are not with us during that time, it's the Colin show episode that we did last year. It was uh, the same day that the CW announced that uh, Supergirl was going to be ending on the CW. So it was a, it was a real, it was a real difficult day. It started out great. Everybody was loving birth day celebrations and then it ended with us uh reflecting on uh the show uh being effectively canceled like the tone of supergirl it was really all over the place yeah so you might have to talk for me because i'm going to be nice nice you you should enjoy that you should enjoy that birthday cupcake and while you do i think i can read some tweets while you just while you just really i'm just gonna stuff my cupcake (laughs) um at CM Gutierrez 74 said blind spots had a lot to say about heavy, uh, very heavy subject matter. And it will either trigger you or make you feel seen. If you feel triggered, maybe ask, uh, maybe ask why, if you feel seen, is it enough? Uh, at Mark HBPWM said, I was left wondering two things. Does that final world worlds await mean that we will see Diggle in the green lantern show? And after last week's podcast, how does a sweet young woman like Anna have such darkness in her soul? Is this how the shade got started? Just kidding. She's awesome. She is awesome. We're big fans of Anna's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at K Kyle one says it was pretty good. Honestly, I don't watch my superhero shows for real world social problems, but if it gets the point across to someone who needs to hear it, good for it. They just come across so preachy. It's not well done. Uh, it's not done. Well, that doesn't move people. The new guardian suit is pretty cool. Still not a huge fan of the helmet, more comic, ac- more comic accurate, but there is a reason all those outfits don't translate to live action, but it's way better than James's version. Given that very specific beauty, mark above her lip the full face covering makes it seem like we still care about some secret identities and the brains and the braids are part of the helmet that's actually a pretty good idea looking forward to seeing what they do with the character going forward nixley's smoky eye seemed extreme and diggle gave up being a green lantern uh yeah can we talk about the like the the oh nixley nixley was just <laughs> she was looking rough <laughs> <laughs> that smoky eye had seen better days that smoky eye was like halfway across her face it was a, <laughs> that smoky eye was actively escaping actively escaping <laughs> her face 
I was worried for her. <laughs> it was a tough, it was a tough day for M- Nixley. <laughs> uh, at Jen MCF three said, I thought this episode handled real world issues in a more authentic way than just being preachy, probably because it was written by Ozzy. I think the development of Kelly as guardian actually seemed less sudden than James. She had a greater purpose than just being jealous of Monel. Uh, at Frack Tall Inverter said, subject matter was good, but it wasn't a good episode. Brainy promoting veggies was great, though. I like that. I hope that they keep that like veggie promotion for Brainy like uh, as like a running gag through the season. I think it's still a great idea. You should eat your veggies. It's great. At Mark HP PWM said, I'm glad that Ozzy got to tell her story. Beyond that, they really dragged that councilwoman from pro gentrification to mustache twirling corrupt scum in a hurry. I'm surprised she didn't magically change her hair to the classic Karen meme cut. Uh, at Anthony Nia said, uh, I'm sure this episode will get an easy ride just because Ozzy helped to write it, but sorry, I wasn't impressed. Social justice messaging is suffocating the superhero aspects of the show. And I don't appreciate my heroes of six years, especially Kara being told they're not doing enough. Uh, and at, um, that's, uh, Jose, Jose Josue, that's right. At Josue, a Rios 1994 said, Diggle was great, seemed in character, and was respected. Everything else I didn't really like. I could have been great if they didn't ignore everything else to make the point they were trying to make. Don't ignore stuff to make that point. At least the acting was really good. And uh, Julia sent us a, a pretty long email, and usually we stay away from using uh, reading long emails because it's, uh, it's just for time. It's, it's hard to get everybody in. But uh, I think maybe for this episode, since there was a lot of heavy stuff going on this week, uh, we will allow long emails for this we'll week. We'll allow it. <laughs> we will allow it. Okay, so uh, Julia writes, quote, this episode initially seems to fit the social issue of the week structure that we've been seeing, but it felt much more nuanced and complex by focusing mostly on Kelly as she navigated this crazy day, which helped ground the emotional notes, especially Kelly's frustration in the episode. Overall, I thought it uh, felt more cohesive than previous ones, and I like seeing Kelly get more time to develop her character on screen. Ozzy did an excellent job co-writing this episode and her involvement, which you can see throughout, clearly made this Kelly's best one yet. A few counterpoints to Rebecca's Twitter thread and uh, Julia writes, please note, I'm not mad at you. Please do not read this like I'm mad at and I'm sorry if this comes across this way. And Julia, I just want you to know that <laughs> please don't please don't read this like I'm mad. I I I miss like uh, I misread that as her telling you like to read it a certain way, like out loud, <laughs> like, please, please read this pleasantly so that people know I'm not mad at you. <laughs> no, no, I. I, I I disagree with people all the time. I, one of the things that I do a lot is actually actively engage in disagreements with people. And so I, I have no problem if people write in and disagree with me or disagree with the both of us or the what we say on the podcast. Like, feel free to write in and share your thoughts as long as you do it in a respectful and civil way. I have no problem with you sharing your thoughts and I'm open to hearing what you have to say. So please, Julia, no offense taken. And there's, there's no anger for me here. I don't know. Morgan might be really, really mad about something, but I'm always mad about something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, no, there's, there's no uh, worry about that. So Julia writes uh, quote, uh, number one, Kara and trauma. Kelly was not saying that Kara does not understand trauma. We all know Kara has her trauma. 
just rewatched the clip of Kara using heat vision on a hologram of Allura in season one, episode eight, which breaks my heart every time. Kelly's I need you to understand is not that she doesn't understand or have trauma, but the car doesn't understand the specific experience or multi-generational racial trauma. Although she's truly an alien, Kara passes as a white human woman most of the time. My guess is that saying uh, white supremacy slash institutionalized racism would be a little too on the nose even for this show. Number two, number two, the episode needed to be explicit as it could be about institutionalized racism. Normally, I would agree with the show don't tell rule. However, there have been uh, have already been so many allegories for racial injustice and minorities used in comic books, movies, TV, etc. for a long time. And still there are people who don't understand. So maybe it was necessary that the episode be transparent about what it's trying to say in order to make the impact it wants to make by being explicit it gives people the language they need to think about the episode's message given the topic it needed to be uncomfortable in some ways to provide viewers the opportunity to think about why uh why they might be feeling uncomfortable allegories are useful but they can often often uh but they can soften a message too much the writers would have said the could have said the season four anti-alien plot was an allegory for insert marginalized group here writes and call it a day I think the episode had more meaning because they didn't go with an allegory. Uh, number three, uh, why it had to be Kara and Alex. Blind spots lead to microaggressions. Microaggressions sometimes happen because a person makes an assumption based on unconscious biases. They come from our physical environment, see redlining in poor POC communities, lack of accessibility, etc. Media, strangers, and yes, even from our friends and family. People with good intentions can make microaggressions because they do not realize the assumption they have made. The show is at its best when it shows deeply humanizing sides of their characters, both in flattering and unflattering ways. Carr's mistake was focusing too much on Nixley, assuming that the victims of the building crash would be okay if they stopped Nixley and not listening to Kelly, even though she basically delegated the Kelly, uh, the delegated Kelly, the job of taking care of said victims because Nixley an imminent threat was seen as more important than the immediate threat. If Supergirl slash Kara, a character who is uh, supposed to exemplify selflessness, truth, justice, and compassion, had a blind spot and accidentally hurt her friend by being unaware, it forces normal people like us to assume how we have also made the same mistake or made the wrong assumptions. If Alex, someone who clearly loves and cares about her girlfriend deeply, also hurts Kelly by failing to realize her need to help, then it shows that it's not just mustache twirling corporate interests or evil politicians that hurt people. It can come from the people we love or even ourselves. See Kelly's, uh, I pretended I was okay when I really wasn't, which by the way, Carr is guilty of doing all the time. Yeah, I, I wish that that had been more emphasized. And I know we talked about that, but like, yeah, Carr has the same problems that Kelly does. And that wasn't mentioned at all, which I thought was really strange, but I will continue with, uh, <laughs> that could have been like a great, great way for them to like create a parallel between those two characters. They're, they're, they're so alike, especially within the context of this episode. And it's just, to me, that's a missed opportunity to build the, the Cara Kelly dynamic outside of Kelly's relationship with Alex. Anyway, yeah. uh, Julia ends uh, the email saying, quote, in some Supergirl can have the rest of the show in the season. It's a, can't she? Um, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to let Ka Kelly slash guardian have this one episode. Uh, yes, it doesn't add much to the main Nixley plot of the show, but we have eight episodes left, and I think there's still time for uh, for them to tie in the character development from this episode and the previous seasons to the remaining season. Boom! They can tie <laughs> it all together just like that, even when the main plot is full of fifth-dimensional weirdness and many, many plot holes, unquote. <laughs> um, so, Julia, I really appreciate you writing in and sharing your thoughts, and 
Uh, so even if we disagree, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to write all of that out and explain why you think the, the way that you do. Uh, so uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts. Yeah, I thought that was a really great email from Julie. And I think she, uh, Julie makes some great points about the way that they had decided to write this episode and, and the way that um, they were kind of focusing on the blind spots of it all. And I think it, it it is important, I think, to show the idea of it's not just, you know, it's not just the corporate lady who would kill someone for a sandwich that's going to do something um, that could hurt another person. But like it's possible for well-meaning good people like Supergirl or Alex to not listen uh, to somebody and to hurt them as well. And so could it could uh, it also be Kelly not listening to Kara's uh, trauma and some of her experiences? Could that also be something well, that I think it was be? more about Kelly in this in this specific the, perspective. But it, but it could also be Kelly in the future that that has that blind spot where she doesn't recognize or understand what Supergirl has been through. That's true. Yeah. So I think it can come from anybody. Um, so we have an email from Ermgard who writes, Supergirl does not do politics and social issues well. Kelly should have done an interview with William calling everybody in town out for not coming to the aid of the injured. Not go after the super friends who put their life on the line every time and for everyone. The last scene of one person asking their loved one what they needed from them was great, though. That scene, that scene was written well and acted beautifully by Kyler and Ozzy. And John once again was holding something up to cover for David Harewood's injury. I think that makes two walls and one crane now. You got to do do what you got to do, I guess. That Uh, is amazing. This this is a great point, though. And I hate to say this, but we really needed William in this episode. Like, he could have. It's it's a weird thing to say, isn't it? (laughs) He could have played a part in this episode. But William could have been useful. (laughs) He could have done something. He could have baked her a cake and he could have written an article that would have actually. Well, I mean. Presumably, Carr is also a journalist. Also, and, Nia. And you know what's really funny is that I always forget that Nia is also supposed to be a journalist. <laughs> she does too, I think. Sometimes. Oh boy, I'm. I knew when Carr was going to be that girl's mentor that she was going to ruin Nia, and she did. <laughs> she and definitely she has. did. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. So Emma wrote in to share some thoughts about last week's episode and this week's episode. She writes for last week's episode. I just wanted to say that I love the fact that the show confirmed slash vindicated my headcanon about Lena being the reincarnation of Morgana Pendragon, Camelot's yes. one true queen. <laughs> <laughs> or at least her descendant. I also now like to think that every single one of Lena's female ancestors are just Katie McGrath in different bad wigs. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, for this week's episode, I first wanted to ask if you guys ever noticed how the Guardian Shield kind of looks like a turtle shell. Turtle boy, girl, Olsen? I never noticed it with James' shield, but seeing Kelly's gold version, my first thought was turtle shell. Overall, this episode wasn't my favorite. Not as good as last week's, but there are have definitely been worse episodes. The emotional acting was, as always, top-notch. The issues being communicated seemed less sledgehammery than usual, so that was good. The real witchcraft of this episode was the grimoire somehow managing to beat Lena home. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little weird. Uh, well, 
Well, Daryl sent us an email to share some points and ask some questions, writing, quote, I don't understand why James would send Kelly a helmet that had those sight issues when his own helmet during his guardian days didn't have that division between the eyes. It took me a while to understand. uh, And then goes on to say, uh, it took me a while to understand Ozzy's writing style, but I think I get it. Ozzy has seen Melissa give all those speeches week after week. And now that she is the one writing the show, she wants monologues for herself. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly did have some hope speeches in this one. She Um, did. Daryl also uh, asks, uh, is anyone else seriously wondering when James met Diggle? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> obviously off screen. We, off screen. We, we were not we're, there. Where all the best stuff happens on this show. <laughs> <laughs> off Screensville is a really good show that we're just oh, man. We're missing really, out on. One day. One day we'll know. <laughs> uh, so Daryl goes on to say, uh, let's see. Uh, I have no idea when that would have happened, but then again, Kelly first meeting Kara isn't shown to us all and just reference. That's true. That happened in season four. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> I get it. We all love Diggle, but using a one and done character to make Kelly feel more justified in her feelings is less meaningful to me. And that's an interesting perspective. What hmm. is this show's obsession with making a Supergirl feel guilty about everything? That has been the case because she did feel guilty in, I think, the previous episode. Oh, about Nixley, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of two episodes in a row where they've just been beating Supergirl up uh, mentally. I don't don't like it. Uh, But uh, Daryl says... does Kelly not know who she's talking to? No one hopes more. No one hopes more than Kara, and she has said herself she remembers every single person she has ever saved. And uh, Daryl says I didn't quite connect to Kelly's emotion in the final scene, and it just seemed like showing her getting ready for bed was to pad the runtime until Alex got there. Uh, when she was, well, I don't know about that. I think it was trying to show uh, her maybe a little bit of her humanity. Like she, she did all this guardian stuff. She saved the day and all this kind of stuff. But like when she went home, I kind of got the idea that like it was trying to show that this is who she is when she goes home. And like, this is what things are like for Kelly when she goes home. So yeah, I, I thought that scene was actually really powerful. Like just, you know, her getting home at the end of the day and putting her hair up in the scarf and, and just kind of showing her kind of, I don't know, at, at, at home and at rest and, and kind of, dealing processing the day i thought that that was i liked that scene a lot actually yeah that was it was almost until they started talking it was almost a very impactful scene for me like when they started talking i was like oh all the air just deflated out of the scene for me (laughs) because like it was it was letting me feel things it like up until then like the music was there and i saw the visuals and it was it was immersing me into the scene i was like I was in there trying to feel what Kelly was feeling. And then they started talking. I was like, oh, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I, I, was almost with that final scene, uh, but it just, it took me out. Um, let's see, where are we with Daryl's uh, email? Uh, he says, when, uh, when she was talking about unpacking things, I just couldn't help but think, oh, Kelly, no one unpacks anything on the show because no one goes to therapy like they should. <laughs> Too bad the writers obviously feel like going down the Guardian route rather than the therapy route everyone on this show so desperately needs. And uh, Daryl also asked, why is Kelly going out alone without a signal watch? I also asked that same question. She should should be given a signal watch. Uh, That would complete the whole Guardian uh, look, I think. Uh, Daryl also asked, so they made a cuff to put on Nixley, but they didn't make a way to track it? That's a valid question. Yeah, not Uh, a a great choice. (laughs) uh, Daryl also says, I was very surprised to see Councilperson Rankin come back in a story that in previous seasons uh, would have had Morgan Edge's fingerprints all over it. Was anyone, uh, sorry, were you going to say something, Morgan? Oh, ah, to have Morgan Edge back again. (laughs) (laughs) That actually, that would have been perfect for him. 
dealing with the real estate of the town right? and all that kind of stuff. Perfect. That would have been, that would have made so much sense. Uh, Daryl also asks, was anyone else surprised to see a non-CatCo news organization represented? I really feel like any of us could have told Kelly that calling Andrea would have gotten her nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Daryl ends uh, uh, by saying two things. Uh, I do like the reference to Black Lightning. It's good to see Supergirl recognizing the superior show in terms of writing social issues <laughs> in the script every week. I've heard good things about Black Lightning. Uh, saying, we miss you, Pierce fam family. And then uh, Daryl ends the email asking the question, does anyone else think that the friend of Lena's mom must have magicked the book there, unquote? So uh, I think that's, I mean, I guess she just paid a lot of money to get it there real fast. <laughs> she, she saved day shipped <laughs> from, from her tree trunk in the woods. I guess so. That's, uh, that's, that's, I mean, I would like to believe she magicked it there because that would make sense. Uh, and it would be kind of fun. Like she can control her postal service. Like she never has to go to the post office and waiting line. She, she never has to have a stamp. She just she gets it there. It just goes there. I like to think that she like handed it to it like a chipmunk to go send to the, the FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> go send this now. I mean, if you can't use your magical powers to send things by mail. What can you do? What What are you doing? Why do Why do you even bother having magic? I don't understand. <laughs> All right, uh, so I guess we should get to some snap judgments before ooh. we wrap up this live stream. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended, and explanations are unnecessary. Oh, boy, we have a lot of snap judgments this time. A lot. <laughs> All right, let's get ready. Okay, our first <laughs> our first set of snap judgments come from Emma. Um, which would you rather see? Cat Grant making a brief cameo appearance to ask Kara and Nia why they never show up to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or little Esme leading the News Gal Legion and later presenting Kelly with a desk of her very own. Oh, that is Ooh. so tough. Because so, I want to, I so want to see, I want to see Cat Grant like really let them have it about not showing up to work. That would be great. But I also, I also get the News Scout Legion in the in the other one. Ooh, this I'm, is a tough one. I'm gonna say News News Scout Legion on this one. I want that News Scout Legion so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm willing to to turn down Cat Grant, but give me those News Gals. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't see or listen to our uh, interview with Ozzy Testify, you definitely should check it out because we did introduce her to the new the concept of the News Gal Legion. She seemed pretty on board uh, with it. And I just want to apologize to all Supergirl radio listeners and Supergirl fans that maybe if we had talked to her earlier, maybe it's sooner. <laughs> it, it's it's on us, really. I think. I feel a big. I think so. That that we're we're the reason we don't have the news gal legion. I <laughs> I think if we had maybe just talked to her a little earlier, we we maybe could have gotten it. I think. Uh, so that that's on us, guys. I'm, I think I'm, we were I'm, so I'm close really yet so far away yeah. on that one, and I feel I feel bad. I, I we apologize to you guys because we could have we could have I think we could have delivered that I, for you. I think <laughs> I think we maybe could have at least gotten the new get. New she was Legion. she was right in episodes. If we had just like put that in her ear a little bit sooner, wow. <laughs> kicking myself. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, 
Emma's next snap judgment. Which outfit would you rather see Lena don before the show's end? One of her Lady Morgana dresses from pre-evil turn on Merlin. One of her dark sorceress Morgana dresses from the post-evil turn. <laughs> or a classic witch ensemble of black robes and a pointy hat, broomstick, and black cat included. That's... This is a tough one. I mean, I do kind of want to see Katie on a broomstick. That... With a pointy hat. That's that's very tempting. That's really it's that's really tem- tempting. That's really tempting. I don't know. Her, her pre pre-turn on more uh, Merlin, she had all these really pretty dresses and she looked great. She was very royal. Um, but I there is a soft I have a soft spot for like crazy Morgana with like the crazy hair and like the the pet dragon and all like I have <laughs> there's like like in my heart, I have a soft spot for like the post magic evil turn of Morgana. So I, I guess I'll have to pick that one. That That's a good one. I never made it that far into Merlin to see her get <gasps> evil. What? Dragons. I know, oh I know. God. I know. Oh, the episodes God, were so know. long, though, Rebecca. They oh, were so long. They are long. <laughs> There's, and, and a lot of times, not much happens in them. <laughs> and <laughs> it was, it, was like, it reminded me a lot of Smallville, but, like, if Smallville episodes were, like, an hour and a half and a lot <laughs> of it was just, like, walking through the woods and so i i did tap out unfortunately before we got to some of the like the choice morgana stuff so i have to go like traditional witch like i think nothing would be funnier to me um if like they're all like getting together in their superhero pose it's like the super friends and like and then lena and then she just comes up she's got the broom she's got a black cat she's got the little pointy hat and they're like what are you doing? She's like, I'm a witch. <laughs> you know how like when Lena finally got to be part of the super friend, she committed too hard. She freaked everybody out. I want her, I want her to commit to being a witch that hard. Where it's like, it's like, Lena, you've got to, this is too much. Like no one's asking you to do this. And she's like, ha ha ha. And she's cackling. She's got like a cauldron. And she's, <laughs> she's really committed to the bit like too hard. Oh, that's, I would be into that. Okay, if Lena were to have a pet, would you rather she have a black super cat like Streaky or a white baby dragon like on Merlin? Okay, so since you haven't seen that part of Merlin, I brought a visual for you. Good, I, good. I think this is going to, ma- I mean, it may change some minds, I think. So, <laughs> so here is, Ooh. this is Morgana's baby dragon. Oh, he's so cute, though. He's so cute. I love him. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I gotta go. This baby dragon. <laughs> I mean, Streaky Supergirls. Can. Yeah. yeah. So I think Lena could have a baby dragon. I feel like who? That's who. Who would stop her? <laughs> <laughs> so I think the Supergirl can have Streaky and Lena. I almost said Morgana, but Lena can have <laughs> a baby dragon. I think that's fair. I think I I like that. I think that's solid. Okay. (laughs) Emma's last snap judgment. And Emma has really come through with some great ones. Okay. (laughs) Which would you rather see as the final season, uh, the final scene of Supergirl? Snapper car coming on screen, looking right at the camera and snapping once before it cuts to black. Or Director Bones in all his skeleton and cyanide sweat glory (laughs) coming on screen, taking a drag on his cigar, just staring right into the camera as the screen slowly fades to black so that the last visual is just the glowing end of his cigar. 
Oh, that is so good. I definitely chose choosing the Director Bones one. There's no way in which I do not choose the Director Bones one. That would be, um, that's like a boss move to end a TV show. Just like to end on a, a skeleton looking character with just like cigar smoke and black. That I cool. mean, that would be good. It's so that's, powerful. <laughs> Does it have anything to do with Supergirl? Not really. I, I don't mean, care. <laughs> Uh, a lot uh, of the show didn't it's cool yeah. both for director bones man that, that would have been a cool like even if they didn't do the the final season scene of the show but like that would have been a cool like reveal at the end of a season to introduce oh, the next big so bad good. oh that would have been a cool way to end a season the oh. missed opportunities are heartbreaking oh i love that visual that oh God, the glowing end of his cigar yeah it's so good That's so good, good. That's so very good. cinematic. You I have a like, talent, Emma. <laughs> I like that. All right, okay. So, oh, so, uh, sorry. Well, our next, I, I just want to kind of preface this next Ooh. snap judgment. So uh, last, in our last episode, Anna was on uh, uh, like uh, one of the best uh, snap judgment errors. <laughs> I, I don't know what you would call people who send in snap judgments, but um, uh Anna was on the podcast and missed uh, an opportunity to do a snap judgment. And so uh, she sent in a, a, a voicemail Ooh. to respond to uh, one of the snap judgments that was, uh, I think, in the live chat or in one of the comments somewhere. So uh, we're going to hear her make the snap judgment. And then we're going to make the snap judgment on the snap judgment that she responded to. So if that makes oh any God. sense. So uh, let's Snap play Inception. <laughs> let's play the voicemail and hear what Anna has to say about it. Hi, it's Anna. I noticed Rachel left a snap judgment uh, in the comments when I was on. So I wanted to answer it for Rachel. So she asked me which was the worst thing. Uh, so not which one is, um, you know, better, but which one's worse. So I'll answer it that way. So she said, Lena's new magical powers making it impossible for Kara to be around her anymore or oh, because Kryptonians are vulnerable to magic or her powers overwhelming her and making her go evil. I think that's a good, those are great choices. I like personally the one where she can't be around Kara anymore because in that scenario, they both are of sound mind. They both care about each, each other still and not being able to be around each other would make both of them very sad, very angsty. It's, uh, worse, but her being evil, I just think it's fun and you know great. So I wouldn't think that one was the worst. But her not being able to be around Kara, because Kara would cry, Lena would cry. Uh, so I just want to answer that snap judgment. Um, it was a really good one, Rachel. <laughs> Respect from Anna, Rachel, <laughs> on that one. <laughs> I think somebody somebody said uh, Nicole in the chat said Anna, our dark snap artist, <laughs> artiste, artiste, yes. <laughs> Uh, so Morgan, uh, of those choices, what, what are we going with? I think the worst thing, yeah, I think the worst thing is the magical powers making it impossible to be around Car, because then, like, they're just going to be really sad. Her being evil is, I mean, listen, the opportunities for fun there, I think, too much. Like, if we could get like Dark Lena from the hundredth episode, that's got like the 
the heart and stuff. Yeah, oh. Metalolina. Metalolina. Yeah. If we get, mm, I don't know. That's fun. I don't. That's. I don't know that that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the other way, you just get like they're just sad. They're just bummed out. Like there's, they're going to be listening to some music, like staring sadly out the window, wondering what the other one's doing. Hands <laughs> up to the window. Is your hand on the window? <laughs> looking, looking at, looking at the pictures of how they used to be, like they did last season when they were so mad at each other. Oh, friendship. Uh, you know, we've, we've been there. We've done that. <laughs> can, can there be a shot of like somebody looking out of a window at night with the rain falling down on the window? Yes, of yes. course. That yes. yeah. Maybe they're both looking at the same moon and then you can see them both on either side of the screen. <laughs> Just to really lean into the drama. Of it all. Uh, yeah, I think the worst thing would be Lena's new magical powers making it impossible for car to be around her anymore and uh new rachel says in the chat the first part might have been inspired by clark and lana on smallville because that's how ah. clark and lana end up is that uh lana has all of clark's powers but it's like some sort of kryptonite graft on her skin or something so like he <laughs> physically cannot be around lana which was like really that's that's how you're going in that relationship like <laughs> He's not going to choose to not be in that relationship. He just physically can't be with her. <laughs> just, he literally just can't. They couldn't, <laughs> they, could, they couldn't imagine a scenario in which uh, like a person would not choose to be with Lana Lang is the thing. <laughs> They're like, but everything she does is beautiful. <laughs> Oh, God bless you, Smallville. Uh, so speaking of Anna, we have some classic Anna snap judgments here. And I can tell because they are a solid paragraph each. And so let's go into it. All right. First one. What would you rather, what would you have rather watched? When Lena used her firepower the first time, she accidentally loses control of her powers and sets the entire country of Canada ablaze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Canada. Until she floods the whole country using her water powers and everyone there chases her down with pitchforks and donuts while yelling, witch. Wait, why the donuts? That doesn't seem that's Anna. That doesn't seem negative. I want to get hey, chased with donuts. Hey, it's part of the snap judgment. Just OK, just, that's true. I'm going go with, with it. I'm, go I'm living in this world. OK, sorry. <laughs> Or after seeing Supergirl in danger on her phone and running out, it then becomes a montage of Lena getting lost in the woods. Sorry, this is really funny. For over a day, crawling through bramble, getting stuck in vines, fighting off woodland creatures, getting swept along a raging river while holding on to a log for dear life, and finally befriending and taming a wild horse and riding the horse back to civilization. Um. Wow, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot happening in that one that I did not see coming. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm definitely picking the one where she's in the bramble <laughs> and, and fighting off woodland creatures. Uh, yeah, that one's best because listen, she's she's triumphing over adversity and she gets to be with her favorite animal, the horse. Uh, bonus, it makes Lex unbelievably angry so <laughs> i think that's the one to go oh that's good oh that's, really that's good. so funny anna that's that that one was a classic <laughs> <laughs> uh okay um disclaimer for snap number two okay always good when there's a disclaimer for a snap judgment 
<laughs> what are you doing about Santa? Okay. <laughs> Uh, she said, I struggled with this snap. I know the councilwoman is supposed to be the villain. I personally find all villains interesting on these types of shows. And I know this was a serious topic, but I want to treat this villain the same way I would treat any other villain on the show. Other villains have tried to mind control the planet and kill Supergirl, but I'm aware this villain is supposed to be worse than those villains due to real world issues. <laughs> okay, so that is Anna's <laughs> pre-snap <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> Amazing! Yeah. Really, uh, really pioneering new uh, new avenues on the snap judgment here. In innovating in the world of snap judgments. Anna is an innovator. Okay, so <laughs> keeping all that in mind, keeping that disclaimer in mind, here's number two. What would you rather have happened to you? You were in a building collapse and gained fifth dimensional magic powers, mm -hmm. but in the end, you get attacked in an alley after a press conference for your job and thrown to the ground by Supergirl for having powers you did not ask for, or you are the mailman who is forced under a magic spell to run, bike, or swim and triathlon your way over as fast as you can against your will to Lena's apartment to deliver her packaged book before she arrives back home on her private jet. <laughs> okay. So what okay. would what would we have, like, which scenario would which we scenario? want to have been part well, I think the, the, the second one where you're the mailman who's forced under a magic spell to to just exercise. Yeah. Doesn't I mean, seem so bad. At least that one, you're not, you're not getting thrown to the ground by Supergirl, which seems, you're that not, seems you're not painful. evil. Yeah. I think that, I think it helps that you're not evil. You're apparently in phenomenal shape because <laughs> you pedaled all the way from Canada to wherever national city is. Or, or if you're not, you're going to be. By the you, time you get there. By the end, you're like, whoa, I am down a pants size. <laughs> and I am so tired. <laughs> I think I'm going with the second one. Oh, I'm definitely going with the second one. Like, that's bragging rights. After you like, listen, it was a magic spell. But man, did I make amazing time. <laughs> and now I run triathlons. I can do anything. Like that's going to be a real ego boost. That, like physically oh, yeah. you could do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a good one. So thank you all for sending in your snap, snap judgments. And uh, we'll be right back to wrap up the live stream. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right, I think that's going to do it for all of our thoughts on uh, Supergirl Season 6, uh, the episode Blind Spots. Uh, so thank you for sending in your feedback and uh, all of your thoughts. Uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, I think we are going to go and uh, listen to some Supergirl Radio and DC TV plugs so you can find out how to keep in touch with if us. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live 
and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you also like the flash legends of tomorrow black lightning titans doom patrol batwoman star girl superman and lois and the upcoming green lantern justice league dark and strange adventure shows and dc tv after dark you can subscribe to the dc tv podcast mega feed on apple podcasts follow at dc tv podcasts on twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. I know there's going to come a day when we're going to have to get new plugs, because <laughs> there's there's going to be, I, I think there's already new shows. Uh, so one, one day that will have to change, because new shows are going to just keep I'm getting just added to, <laughs> to the podcast <laughs> network. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, and speaking of oh, the DCT, do you, you want to tell them about the T public store? Uh-oh. Do we? Beaker is underfoot, uh, and he has just, uh, occasionally just been jumping up to attack me and then go back down. It's a very <laughs> stressful situation that I'm in here. <laughs> he, he didn't want to be on camera this week. He doesn't want to be on camera. He does want, he apparently also doesn't want me to be on camera. So... <laughs> That's very complicated for him. He's feeling a lot of things. <laughs> but uh, if you like DC TV podcasts and T-shirts, we've got a Guardian design. Oh, oh geez, I guess he's back. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's Beaker. He's, he's like, no, no, we got to talk about me. Let's talk about me. Beaker, you're you're very far away from the camera now. It's right there. Speak of the devil and he appears. <laughs> That's true. Now he's just going <laughs> to kind of. No, no, you you can't. This is too high. This is you're you're just you're too high now. Nope, he's planted himself. That's okay. That's okay. We live. Oh, he he he's pushing the screen now. He's oh oh. I thought that was you adjusting it. No, it's not my choice. This is not a choice that I'm making. (laughs) This is the choice he's making for me. (laughs) I've lost control of this live stream. (laughs) Yeah, we see that tail just kind of uh, creeping in that shot. (laughs) Beaker, stop stop eating that. Beaker, come here, come here, come here. Yeah, all right, there you go. There you go. Say hi to the public. Hello. Like, no, I'll, I'll do what I want. I'll just stand right here in front of you. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, you're a good cat, huh? No, not the wires, not the wires. Oh, to the oh no. Oh, oh, is he just going to hang? I mean, he could just hang out. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, he's welcome to just plant himself there. And <laughs> he would. He would just plant himself, like, right in front of the camera so you couldn't see his face or his <laughs> just his his body. <laughs> just some fur. He doesn't know what makes good good television. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we need to instruct him on uh, camera placement. And, uh, exactly. He's he's learning. He's still yeah. young. And he's, yeah. he's, he's new to the industry is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess we should tell people about the tea public store. Speaking of the tea public store, <laughs> <before> <laughs> <being interrupted. laughs> 
<laughs> a great transition over to that T public store where we've got a guardian design that you can get on a pillow or a t-shirt, a sticker, a mask, or a tank top. Yeah, unfortunately, there's no, I, I don't think there's any Kellyan, uh, Kellyan, <laughs> Kelly, we're tired, has Guardian <laughs> designs yet. I mixed those two words up, but uh, but maybe somebody will make a, a Kelly Olson Guardian uh, design and put in the T Public store. So we'll we'll keep our eyes peeled uh, out for that. But right now, it is just the uh, James. Olson Guardian that's in the Tea Public store. Uh, and now we would like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors uh, for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. That's Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, Susan, Abby, Irmgard, Miriam, Sheree, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, Deb, Ziwang Chow, and Anna. So thank you all for supporting the uh, Patreon. If you would like to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio and uh, check us out over there. And I just want to let all the patrons know, all the, the Legion of Super Sponsors, if uh, if you uh, are interested in the uh, like a Patreon-only RSS feed and into your podcast app, uh, I'm working on that. That's, be, that's, being, that's being worked on. Uh, as requested by, I think Quinn uh, first mentioned. I've kind of been looking into it, but uh, since Quinn men mentioned it, I'm gonna uh, try to see if I can get that to work. I'm trying to uh, figure that process out uh, as we speak. So Ooh, we will see. Cool. We will see if we can make that work so that you don't have to go. I, mean, I think you should still watch the videos that we've been doing because there's a yeah. very visual component to a lot of those things. <laughs> Uh, sometimes cats show up, uh, but, uh, if you're just wanting to download it like a regular Supergirl radio episode to your podcast feed, um, we will be, uh, hopefully doing that uh, soon. Ooh, very cool. Uh, another cool thing that we're doing currently is our flat Supergirl photography contest. So as a reminder to enter, you just download and print flat Supergirl, uh, which you can find in the description of this live stream in the show notes of the audio podcast on the right side of supergirlradio.com. You cut out flat Supergirl and you attach her with tape or glue to a popsicle stick, a pen, a pencil, whatever you want. Whatever, whatever creative direction you want to take, and then, <laughs> and then you have to take a picture with Flat Supergirl. Now it can be a selfie, but it doesn't have to be. And Flat Supergirl can do pretty much whatever you want. So, do you want to do maybe some fun fall activities? Yeah. Yesterday was the first day of fall. Today, uh, you could take her to a pumpkin patch. Mm. You could take her apple picking. I want apple picking. It was great. <laughs> maybe, maybe Supergirl wants you to wants to work with you to make those apples into a pie i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> what to do with flat supergirl ask her what do you want to do what fun fall activity hayride flat supergirl is that what i'm hearing <laughs> take flat supergirl on a hayride whatever you and flat supergirl get up to this great fall season make sure that you post a picture as many as you like so you can take her on all those adventures and post them to twitter instagram or facebook and make sure you tag at Supergirl Radio and use the hashtag Supergirl Adventures. Yeah, I think it would be nice. Maybe like you could you could have Supergirl going out and looking at the the fall colors that are yes, that beautiful. Are, 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 yeah. with flat Supergirl. <laughs> yeah, you could tell you could do so many fall things. I'm definitely taking notes on all these ideas so that I can do that with flat Supergirl myself. <laughs> uh, well, if you would like to keep in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I post the occasional picture over there. I'm I'm really into stories at the moment, uh, but I try to take a pretty picture every now and then and. and 
post it to the actual feed. Uh, if you want to keep up with me on my personal YouTube channel, you can go to youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. Uh, I do uh, live streams every Sunday. Well, I shouldn't say every Sunday. I, I took a couple of weeks off there, but um, but usually, but usually on uh, Sundays at four PM Eastern, I do a live stream where I read through a review from the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes about Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, and we just you know have a little friendly chat about what we think about that review and uh, maybe what could be better about it, uh, and maybe what. Uh, was misinformed or unintelligent about it, but I try to be nice about it. We try to have a, a civil, uh, friendly conversation over there, but uh, I've been enjoying that because uh, people in the chat uh, really uh, enhance my uh, enjoyment of doing the live stream. So if you want to hang out with me on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern and just talk about Batman v Superman, uh, join me over there. That would be a lot of fun. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. My Instagram is mostly wedding photos right now. So that's fun. Uh, <laughs> I got all my wedding photos back like a, a week or two ago. And I was like, this is all I'm going to look at forever. So that's, that's <laughs> They're been great. Fun. It's been fun for Mike. He's like, how many times do you need to look at the wedding photos? I was like, every day. <laughs> our photographers did a good job they it's did. not my they did fault. A really good job. <laughs> <laughs> they got some cool shots <laughs> um and you can also find me as a co-host on dc tv after dark um as well as the legends of tomorrow podcast so the legends of tomorrow podcast is taking a tiny break however and when I say a tiny break, I mean a very tiny break. It That show is going to be back in like three weeks. I'm yeah. mad about it, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but we are actually um, recording our Patreon exclusive episode um, this week. So if you're not a Legends of Tomorrow podcast Patreon supporter, now is actually a great time to jump on board. I think our plan is to do like a quiz show format. So oh. it's going to be like a game night, but we're all going to ask each other questions about things that we're into. So like Amy is, uh, Kat's going to ask us comic book questions. Amy's going to ask us questions about, I, I think, classical music or or maybe theater and i'm going to ask some questions about creepy true crime and so it's oh, going to be nice <laughs> it's going to be fun it's going to be a it should be a fun episode so if you want if you're interested in that you can sign up uh at our patreon at patreon.com slash legends of tomorrow podcast uh otherwise we should be doing our um, our season wrap-up episode, I think, sometime next week, and then taking like a one-week break, and then right back to it. <laughs> Great <laughs> that, scheduling. That <laughs> is wild. Yeah, that uh, that game sort of reminds me. Have you seen that Friends episode where uh, they have to like? Yes. I can't remember who the. I don't know if it's Monica and uh, Ross who have to like guess things about each other. That's that's such a classic episode. Uh-huh. I think it's something like that's what I was thinking about that. I was like, could we do something like that for Supergirl Radio? But that would be hard. It's, it's gonna be hard. I think one of our categories is actually like about each other personally. Oh, too. yeah, that's okay, so, good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to think of like I was like, oh, what questions are like easy enough that they might get, but like hard enough that they're not gonna get immediately? It's harder than it than it sounds to like think up questions. Yeah, if anybody in uh, the chat or is listening to this later, um, I I kind of want to do a Supergirl Radio match game. I'm just throwing this out there for like future <laughs> Supergirl Radio episodes. So I don't know. People don't maybe know what match game is now, but there's like 
there's great video clips on Facebook of like really old match game clips of like Carol Burnett, like coming into the match game set, like busting in during a game and like playing the game with the cast of the Carol Burnett show. But, uh, but I like match game because it has like celebrity panelists and you have like contestants and you have to match the answers with the celebrity uh, panelists with the, um, the contestants. And I thought that might be fun to do with like, uh, the legendary ladies and Sarah like to have everybody be like a celebrity panelist and have like listeners be the contestant. We have to match the answers. I don't, it's Ooh. just, it's a concept right now. We're going to have to workshop this. I like this. But, but, uh, but I think that would be really, really fun uh, because it's very match game is actually kind of hard, but I think it would be fun to play. So we've got, I think we need to keep working on, the match game idea. So Supergirl radio game nights are, are in the works, but yeah. Nice. So that's I appreciate, I appreciate that y'all are doing that on the legends of tomorrow podcast. That's very cool. Okay. Well, I know this has been a long episode, uh, Ooh. very, very long, but I think we, we got some good stuff done here. Um, so I guess that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl radio, but until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson and I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we'd like to welcome guardian to the super friends team. the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.